So I started thinking about real fake facts. I'm like, we're going to have to start coming up with real fake facts that have nothing to do with anything in reality. Like that, that are so far fetched. Just that completely off just the completely wall. Just completely off the wall that there's no way they can be possible. Like that anyone would believe because so much crap, like so many, there's so many fucking like just things that we joked about forever that people just like people actually believe some of the shit and the fucking media pushes this crap. And we're like, God damn, man. It's so, it's so bad. Like we have, to, we're going to start coming up with like things that are just so fucking out there. Just nobody's going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've come up with some really good ones that I'm like, ah, somebody out there's dumb enough to buy that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I walked into somebody's house and saw they actually had their router flipped upside down. <laughs> what are you doing? I wanted to buy some hand grenades on the dark web. You said it would work. <laughs> That's how you access the dark web. I still love that one. Just turn your router upside down. <laughs> It inverts the signal. It inverts the signal. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking great. <laughs> I, did, I did think of one based off of like the recent events that were taking place, the whole UFOs stuff. <laughs> I was like, real fake fact, UFOs visited the Earth after this saw the gender reveal party. They wanted to congratulate the United <laughs> States, but instead they were shot down. <laughs> Mazel tov, it's a boy. Oh shit. <laughs> They're firing at us. Oh god. god. I, loved, I loved how everyone was like, we're taking you. It's UFOs. I'm like, no. UFOs literally like stands for anything unidentified. Yeah. Fucking comets are like not comets, but like uh asteroids landing like hitting the earth are called UFOs until they can figure out if it's an asteroid or not. Yeah, it it's a blanket term. It literally means unidentified flying, flying object. object. <laughs> I had this argument with my coworkers that just snowballed from they thought we were shooting aliens down to our, our president is doing nothing about these balloons. And I had to remind them that counter intel exists. Yeah. And they're all like, well, what they let one go all the way across. So I was like, you do understand that counterintelligence is a thing. They were yeah, probably well, just, I don't like giving any credit to this administration, but. I'm just, but- I, I was I just saying, no, I was I like, counterintelligence is a thing. Sometimes you let people think they're getting away with something so you can see what they're doing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, you know, it's, that's a completely valid uh, statement to make and, and understandable. So, I mean, that, that's a balanced take on it. There are benefits to just letting it go and seeing, like, for example, who they're talking to on the ground. Because, well, we mm-hmm. didn't necessarily know that those guys on, on the ground were there. Now we know there's something to look for. But, you know, the... The whole argument it was just stupid and yeah. i'm like there there's always other factors that you have to look into they're like oh well, we should be shooting them down immediately i was like yeah we are now yeah but and then he's all like oh well they have spies here in this country we need to go to war i was like i i'm gonna let you in on a hint no every country has spies, spies in everywhere. every other country yeah everyone we even yeah. spy on our that's, friends that's the funny thing is like if you think that your government isn't watching you anyways you're kind of an idiot you're kind of an idiot yeah but yeah, I, I had to tell one of my coworkers, it was like Tuesday morning. He's like, bro, did you hear they shot down an alien? I was like, dude, if they shot down aliens, we would not be here right now. We would all be sitting at home. <laughs> waiting, Bracing for the impact. Yeah, I, I was like, if we shot an alien down, my ass would be sitting at home on my couch. I'm going to be drinking every beer in my fridge because if the world is going to get blown up, I'm not going not gonna, out sober. <laughs> I am not doing it like this. Yeah. 
It's oh, like man. I told my boss, he, like, uh, a couple weeks back, there was, you know, Putin was talking about, you know, throwing nukes around, and I was like, I get that text message that uh, the nukes are flying, I'm walking straight out the door, and I'm going home. And he's like, why? I was like, I'm not dying at work. It's <laughs> like, I, I like my job, but I'm not. I'm not dying here. Welcome to Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. And this week we are going to be giving you guys our recommendations of five games from 2022 that you should absolutely not miss. Now, granted, more than likely, you haven't missed these games if you're listening to us. And, you know, regardless, if you're a gamer, there's it's almost in, there's almost an impossibility that you've missed any of these games. But at least you get to hear our takes on what we think are good and you get to hear what we rec what we would recommend now listeners usually we we used to do a you know game of the year podcast used to be kind of a big deal but uh since gaming's kind of gone to not necessarily shit but the quality for a lot of games has kind of gone down and overall we would just like to rather than talking about all the negative stuff out there because there's a lot of it out there we'd rather just give you our recommendations on what we actually would like you to play what we play it ourselves you get a good feeling of like what we like and what my dog likes. <laughs> That's if you can actually hear him on the podcast. To start us off, Josiah, what would you recommend for 2022? All right. So my five recommendations are, uh, and I'm breaking my rule. Uh, like I explained in a conversation with you earlier, I'm going of, to recommend yeah. games that I haven't finished, but I've played enough that I can recommend. Yeah. If, you, if you've played a certain amount of hours, there's a point where you're just like, yeah, this isn't going to get like there. I don't think there's any way the ending's going to go Mass Effect 3 on me, and I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> So my, my first two break that rule, it's uh, Elden Ring and Triangle Strategy. You've told me about this. It, I, I it's mean, the, uh, the one that's pretty much as close to Final Fantasy Tactics. It's the one that was, that was originally, the, the, the project name was, was Triangle Strategy, right? And, and we, we all, we all, we they all should made, just keep that name. <laughs> we all made jokes about it because when they announced it, they said, this is our working title. And we all looked at it and said, nope, that's your final that's your title because <laughs> you're not going to come up with anything better. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember this one. So yeah, my five are Elden Ring, Triangle Strategy, Cult of the Lamb. Uh, the Lamb's good. Yeah, yeah, it was a damn good game. Uh, Front Mission Remake for the first one. Okay. And uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, yeah, I have Kirby in the Forgotten Land. That's a really good one too. Almost my, almost one of my list. Uh, uh, I mean, like I said, I struggled a bit with my list. I just feel like last year was kind of a letdown for a lot of games that I personally bought. I get I have different tastes in games. Yeah. I tend to like a lot of turn-based strategy or just, you know, you know, stuff like that. There are certain genres that you gravitate to. Yes. Yeah. And turn-based strategy being one of them. So it was kind of a dry year for that. I mean, had, had you made me write a list for this year already, I'd be struggling because they, January was an amazing month for games already. Yeah. Yeah. 2023 is starting out actually really, really strong. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm already, I already have, I would already have two recommendations for this year. So I, yeah, I'd already have three just based on what I little bits that I've played here and there. Yeah. I I'm excited to see what the rest of 2023 is going to bring us if we're already starting this strong. Yeah. So, um, mine are and listeners in case you're wondering why we kept it to five, I kept it to a five max. Um, I think I accidentally told the guys five minimum, uh, <laughs> which is stupid. No, it's, it's a five max. You can only you can only have five titles uh, for it. And uh, in some cases like mine, I would actually have more than five. 
And that's why I said five is it. <laughs> so you have to choose which is your top five. And, uh, and that's how it, how it kind of came down to. And that's mostly just so we don't go too long. So mine are Elden Ring because I played 284 hours of it. And on top of that, I almost got 100% on all achievements. I just got to run through it one more time in order to get the last two. Uh, in one go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I played the shit out of that game. Um, and some of you might be like, what? It's not 284 hours long. It is when you play like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you suck. I, and I, you have to grind and and really build yourself up. I think we figured out I'm a quarter of the way into the game and I've already got 80, 90 hours on it. I think you're it, a little so. longer than that. I think you're a little farther than that. You said depending on how completionist I'm feeling. True. And we both know that <laughs> I will do everything that I feel I can. Yeah. So I've got Elden Ring, The Quarry, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, and the Stanley Parable De- uh, Ultra Deluxe. And even though the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is a re-release, I do have to include it in there because it is basically a sequel. <laughs> See, and I thought about putting that on my list just because I liked the first yeah. one so much, but I didn't know if since it's pretty much just a remake it was a yeah it was a toss-up for me i'm like it's it's kind of a remake but it's added it adds so much more to the game that it's really a sequel i mean they they have the sequel baked in (laughs) well and that's that's why i finally put front mission on mine was a that game came out on the playstation one it's been long enough i feel like that one can you know really stand on its own and uh yeah i i get why you put uh stanley parable it it was one that i considered yeah i get it uh i mean it's it's a it's a lot of fun it's just hysterical game if you haven't listened to listeners if you haven't played it you absolutely should play it uh if you're sitting there going this is just, just like how how can i recommend a game like this you don't know until you try it and it's literally one of those games where uh the original one like i had to sit there and bug the guy the shit out of the guys and like tell him like you have to play this it's hysterical I think and you Miles, actually bought me a copy before yeah. I'd play it. And Miles, you know, Miles finally got it. Like you, you had got it on, on steam, the original one. And I, I, I think that was the one I actually gifted to you. Yeah. And you played through it and you're like, this is fucking hysterical. Like, what the fuck is this? Uh, Miles got it when, when it came out and he played through it, played the shit out of it. He was the first one that I heard, you know, decided to use the bucket on everything for, for the, for one of his runs. <laughs> I died laughing here. Some of that dialogue. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a great, great game. And uh, just if you're looking for something that's got great comedy and uh, is just an easy, literally walking simulator um, that's looking for somebody who wants to just do like do creatives or, or do do something creative or do something on your own every single time to figure out what you can get next for the endings. Yeah, that's a game to go for. The narrators is classic. So, uh, yeah. And the only one, like the only other one I really want to talk about is, uh, the, the, the core, I mean, God of War Ragnarok obviously is fucking amazing horizon forbidden West. That's kind of a given. Had I played more of those games, I, I'm about two hours into both of them. Yeah. Um, I would have recommended them, but yeah. like I said, I, I gave myself some rules on those and I'm like, ah, I'm yeah, still at the I've, very beginning. I have managed to maintain my no spoilers for the rest of the guys who haven't played it because some of us don't have some of us one don't have ps5s two some of us just don't have time to get through the game so uh i have managed to not spoil thankfully god of war ragnarok for a lot of people but it is 
if that's she- if that's where the series ends, completely fine. Fucking awesome. That's the only thing that I've read about it is if they end it here, everybody will be happy. Yeah, it is one of the that it, God of War is easily one of the greatest franchises ever created in history. And it has an ending that it has an ending that Halo wishes it had. <laughs> so, um, the other one that I, the, the one that I wanted to address really quick is, is the quarry. The quarry, while it had some bugs, apparently when it came out and I, re, I do read about that, I came to the party later. I got the game when it was already fixed and stuff like that and was playing it on PC. That game is awesome. It is a great, uh, interact you know one of the interactive movies it's basically it's made by a uh, supermassive games the same company that makes the uh dark uh pictures anthology or intho- anthology gosh uh it's gonna be a bad podcast if i'm already fucking up words like that but uh they made the bat or the dark pictures anthology they also made until dawn and the the amount of uh friendly changes that that company has made to their games to try and make them more playable by other people who don't do well at quick time events that is that is something to be applauded in its own uh just because they want make they want to make sure as many people can experience their games as possible i mean down to the point where they make it where it's just one button push for for quick time events and they just want you to get through this you know be able to get through the story change the story how you want they have a cinematic mode where you can literally just watch the entire game and watch it with people huh. and you can tell it i want the gross most gruesome like gruesome death outcomes or you can tell it like i want everybody to live or you can say you know what you want a balanced view or it'll kind of randomly decide who lives who wins or who who doesn't uh but it's a great game it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of fun for one it's got a lot of good story to it has a cast of characters that overall you actually enjoy watching compared to some of their other entries where you have a cast of characters like in their most recent one uh, for the uh, dark and or the dark pictures anthology. Um, Is it the devil and me Uh, that has a cast of characters that you really just don't care about overall. There's one character that's actually a decent human being and you can get them killed very early on. And that sucks (laughs) if you do. Uh, but the rest of them are, you know, you, you don't really care about them. They're all kind of pieces of shit. So you're just like, ah, oh, well, if everybody else dies, I'm completely fine with that. Um, although if everybody else dies, I don't know if you can keep everyone else alive or anyone else alive. I have no idea how that, how that ends up functioning in the end. I might have to do a run where I try to kill everybody, but one person and see if I can get away with that. I don't think it'll it work. Know. Yeah. I don't think it'll work just because of that person. just because of that way that person is too weak. <laughs> of a character like physically yeah so uh anyways um yeah i would recommend the the quarry based on the fact that i i don't think i ever got to do a full review of it but that's the main reason why that's at you know at near the top of my list because if you're looking for something for horror like horror games that you want to play and you want to experience i mean there wasn't a whole lot last year unless you went into the indie uh titles and uh Still, even then, it's just kind of one of those things like this was this was just the the more complete fun experience for me. So moving on to news. So really, really quick to get this out of the way. Hogwarts Legacy has been, you know, out for a little while. Uh, Listeners, we've all been playing it and uh, I can give you guys a recommendation at the end of the podcast, but uh, it outsold Elden Ring. in its first week of release and outsold Elden Ring by a lot. And uh, according to 
the numbers, it outsold Elden Ring in uh, areas of uh, the world where from software has been very successful and outsold it by like 50 something percent. <laughs> so uh, I should stipulate that it's outsold Elden Ring within like its first two weeks of release, not overall, although I think that's fastly approaching based off the numbers. God damn. Good, good, good on you guys. Way to go. Port key games. Uh, for all those who tried to cancel the game out there. Scoreboard. <laughs> That's all I got to say to you. So uh, moving on to. So the P okay. The PS five is showing up in stores finally. And a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you can finally get PlayStation fives in store. But I do want to say that's, you know, that's the one I've only seen the disc version in stores Two. It's mostly just the God of War bundles. So it's that little bit of extra cost. Now, I want to say it is hysterical that it is the God of War bundles and it's the disc version, the disc only version of the console, that that's the only way you can get that bundle because the game's a digital code <laughs> for a disc based game or game system. So, uh, wow. And you can't, and you can, you can't find the, di- I can't find the digital version in stores or like the digital console in stores anywhere which is the cheaper version. Yeah. Which sucks because that's the one that I'm looking for, for whenever I'm going to get one. Yeah. And they still don't have them. So yeah. I've now supposedly they do, they do have bundles for the digital version, but I can never see the digital version in the store. So either it's selling out really quickly, which is a possibility or they're they're Sony's pulling a fast one. Just like, yeah, we're on limited, more limited quantities of the digital one. Cause we're not making as much money off of it. And the disc version only costs us like an extra 15 bucks to make. So we're, we're going to try and put that one out because that's an extra $100 in our pocket. Yeah. All right, listeners, I had to actively correct myself just so you know. The PlayStation digital version of the Ragnarok uh, bundle is available. Uh, you can actually get one right now on Amazon. So as of March 13th, right now, they do have the digital version with the bundle with God of War. They also have the regular digital version of the PS5 if you just want the console itself. So that's available on there as well. But if you're looking for a console, they're out there. Amazon has had plenty in stock. I've seen them and they're being sold from and and shipped by Amazon. So no worries there. But if uh, listeners, if you're looking for a PS5, they're out there now. They're they're finally in the wild. Now, I haven't seen any Xboxes, which is curious. Uh, I'm wondering if a lot of people did what I did. Aside from the Series S, that is. And just built themselves a PC. PC. Yeah. Cause I I've been talking to a lot of people that, you know, they're majority Xbox players and they're like, well, you know, you were telling me that you'd, you know, built a PC and you're, you know, since they bring Xbox games to PC now, that's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I know at least three people that, you know, built themselves a PC. Yeah. Now listeners, uh, one thing that we like in the past, like we've totally understood, like I've, I've always supported consoles and I've always, and I always understood why people buy them. I mean, fuck, I've owned them. Uh, I used to buy consoles and, and PC at this point. If you were to ask me what I would recommend overall, I'd recommend a PC over anything. And the reason is, is because while yes, it is a big investment and yes, it can cost a lot of money. If you want a, if you want a good, what what I would say a, it's kind of sad because the way pricing has gone lately, especially for GPUs. Uh, but if you want a good, uh, PC, you're looking at about two grand. If you want a good one from the ground up, uh, um, you're looking at like five. If you want bleeding edge technology, 
I mean, I don't think you'd have to pay that much. I mean, mine's ludicrously overpriced for the simple fact that I've, you know, now had to rebuild my computer three fucking times uh, and I just had to replace the motherboard. Yeah. I listeners, I've had this is the worst build I've ever had. Uh, Just bar none. I do have to say, I feel kind of guilty listening to every since everybody in the cast has moved over to PC. Yeah, I do feel bad that I'm pretty much the only one that's had zero issues. Well, you went with AMD. This is the first. Yeah, but this is the first time <laughs> you, you went with my initial recommendation. This is the first time in I my life with. <laughs> where I have put something like this together and had zero issues. Because yeah. usually my luck goes, I'm the one that'll buy the stuff that, you know, you know, I usually end up having the issues that you had. Yeah. And I just like even listening to like Miles with his minor issues and I don't think brian's had any but i don't think he plays often enough to run in brian's got an older system that's very dependable yeah so (laughs) this is the first time i've ever been like huh so this is what it's like to be on the other side yeah so right now you could you could probably spend for a decent gaming system that would be close to mid-tier you could probably spend about 1200 to 1300 bucks total uh for something that's good current and that's even with ddr5 that's good and current uh but you're not going to be it's not going to be checking off all the boxes it's not going to have every bell and whistle to it but it's going to be really good for what you're wanting to do and that's not bad the downside is is that doesn't include the operating system right now operating systems are overpriced in my opinion but if you can get a good deal on windows 11 uh, or even buying windows 10 if you want to risk doing the update to windows 11 which is which is sketchy at best uh, but if you can get a good deal on the OS, then yeah, go for it. Um, I think that that's a, the best route to go. And like I said, you can go to DDR5. Now there are, there are lots of issues with DDR5 right now. Uh, AMD is finding this out very quickly with the, uh, AM5, uh, processors that they have their, since Ram is moving over to this weird configuration of, they're going to have 24, like 24 gigs, and then they're going to have 48 gigs and then 90 and 96 gigs, as opposed to what they they've been having which is 8 16 32 uh, 64 and uh, 128 but it's very hard for amd apparently to understand because for some reason it's not accepting a lot of the uh clock speeds and uh the timings and everything like that that are being included in these chips that are coming in at 24 gig uh sticks and i think that the the problem is the bios that they haven't updated the bios to actually be configured correctly for those but evidently it's causing enough problems that the on the AMD side of things, people are having problems with these new DIMMs coming in and who have wanted to upgrade to these new DIMMs or switch over to these ones because either they're more convenient numbers to work with or maybe they're slightly cheaper. Regardless of the reasoning for wanting to move over to these new chips, people are finding that they're having a hard time putting them in and just turning on the, uh, I think it's the uh, DHOC, uh, which is... AMD's version of uh, XMP so that the the clock timings and uh, that the uh, frequencies are all taken care of for them. They're having to put the stuff and dial it in by hand, which is a pain in the ass sometimes. And in some cases, they can't get them to work at all. Like they're just able to like sometimes they're able to just get them to work at basic functionality, base frequencies and base timings, but they can't get any customization done whatsoever on these these. Uh, these memory dims and that's a that's kind of a big issue when moving forward especially since this is going to become the new standard 
as we continue for DDR5. So it's kind of interesting that AMD is having this issue when their whole thing has been like, you can only use DDR5, that's all you're going to be able to use, and these are only on DDR5, and yet they can't use them. Whereas Intel, they've been ready and set for this, apparently. They've been waiting for this to happen. And evidently, they're having less issues. So hence why I didn't really recommend AM5 for anyone for a while and why it's still kind of a sketchy platform to go to right now, uh, especially you know when you consider cost at this point. But if you're looking at something that's going to be solid and you're, you're wanting to have something that's going to be a decent gaming machine for now and not going to cost you an arm and a leg to build, AM4 is usually the way to go because the AM4 platform, even though it's a previous generation from what AMD is on now, uh, their chips are a lot more affordable. They're using DDR4, which is a solid platform, and their boards are already worked out so that they can work with all this stuff that, that's available to them. So you're going to get a solid build from those. And uh, if you're looking at doing Intel, 12th gen and 13th gen have been relatively solid now. They were a pain in the ass to start with, but they're relatively solid now. And they also have the added benefit of being able to work with DDR4 on, on a lot of boards because DDR4 is still very solid. It still works really well. It's also going to be cheaper than DDR5. Now, going into a new generation of uh, DDR, going into a new generation of CPUs, it's not unusual to have growing pains, but I do have to ask, is this going to be a painful transition from, from what the old set of DIMMs used to be uh, considered the norm to these new set? I'm hoping not. I'm hoping it's just going to be like, oh, what's just a BIOS update and they'll get it fixed relatively soon. Hopefully they'll have it fixed within the next month because I've seen some people having some horror stories of trying to get that shit to run. But there's another issue with DDR5 that no one's talking about. That people who came <laughs> over from DDR4 are going, well, I had four sticks of memory in there. Now I can't have four sticks of memory in there with DDR5. What the fuck's going on? I'm not getting the timings or the frequency that was promised to me. Well, I got news for you. DDR5 with four DIMMs cannot run XMP on most frequencies up above a certain amount. And it's because it just requires too much. So you're gonna have to go into the BIOS and manually put in your own timings, your own frequencies. And in a lot of cases, you're gonna have to downclock these, these dims in order to do four dims at even close to the promised frequencies that you're seeing on these packages. And there are a lot of builders out there that are pissed about this. And I've seen so many reviews of this manufacturer sucks. They can't get anything right. The, you know, I can't run four dims and get the frequencies that I was promised. Well, it's because it's four dims. Go to two at the same, at the same amount of memory and it'll work. I guarantee it. But keep in mind, there are some motherboards out there that will absolutely refuse to run whatever XMP you have or anything like that because it's just not compatible. Or maybe the, the frequency is too high for what the motherboard can handle. I know that the motherboards come with, oh, it's got four slots. It should just fit four. That's not automatic. There's a reason why high-performance memory motherboards only come with two DIMM slots. Well, why is that? Well, because two DIMMs is far more stable than four. But no one wants to tell the community, hey, stop being stupid with your memory. Stop being stupid with how you're buying these DIMM kits. Two DIMMs. That's all you need. Two DIMMs. Get it at the frequency that you want, the timings that you need, and just stick with that. Just two. 
and get it at the size of memory that you're going to need for your system. I mean, unless you're working an actual workstation, if you're working an actual workstation, then speedy memory isn't the thing you should be focusing on. Whether or not the XMP loads is not going to be your focus. And anyone with a workstation knows exactly why I'm saying that, because if you're on a workstation, the thing you're more you're more looking for in memory is you're wanting dependable and you're wanting it to be rock solid, which usually means you're going to be looking for ECC memory. So frequency and, and timings, that's just a that's a secondhand wish. You're you're wanting dependable. You're wanting accurate, dependable memory. So getting back to recommendations, listeners, if you were if I were to recommend you any kind of system today, you're going to be looking at AM4 still. Yep, AM4 is still great, especially if you can get a if you can get a a 50, you know, a 5800X 3D or a 5900 or, or 5950 at a decent price, you are rock solid. That is a great freaking CPU and you're going to be sitting pretty with DDR4 without a worry in the world. But even the 5800, you know, X3D is not the perfect CPU for everyone because Unless you're going with 1080p, you're not going to see a massive uplift when you start going into 1440 and 4K for, you know, because that's that's where most of that stuff is going to be heading to your towards your graphics card. And that CPU is going to be doing a lot less work. And that Vcache is extremely good for gaming, but is extremely good for gaming when the CPU is having to do work. So don't get too focused on that Vcache. All right. Other than that, you're going to be looking at, you know, Intel, you're going to be looking at an, a Core i5 or something like that. Uh, even a Core i3, if you're just wanting to get started, just wanting to get into gaming, a Core i3 can get you there, even today. It's not going to be something you're going to want to stick with long term or if you're really into RTSs, but it's it's a good chip. They they know their shit. They know how to make good gaming, you know, good gaming CPUs. So if you're not looking at making a, a something that's going to be a cross like workstation and gaming system, that's a solid way to go as well. On top of that, you have the benefit of the fact that you can still use DDR4 memory with the 13th and 12th gen Intels. So you're going to have cheaper memory. You're going to have a much more dependable system because it's going to be pretty rock solid with that DDR4 in there. And later, if you want to go to DDR5, you want to try and upgrade your your system overall. You don't have to do a full blown upgrade. You can try and find a secondhand board that's got DDR5 capabilities. By then, DDR5 should be a lot cheaper to get a hold of. And you can do an upgrade that way. That's not too bad. As for how much memory you're going to need, well, I would say 32 should get you by just fine. I really wouldn't have to recommend you to go up to 64, but uh, I would say if you can afford it, go ahead and do it. Uh, because as these developers keep becoming more and more lazy and just continue to do, worry about optimization of textures or anything like that, well, memory is going to be continue to become more of a factor in the future. And keep in mind, just a couple of years ago, I would have said you wouldn't need to go above 16. And now I'm telling people, well, 32 should be fine. But like I said, developers are becoming lazy and optimization is becoming a major that, problem. That's a whole podcast worth of conversation we can have on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that is that is becoming an issue. That's becoming an issue even for my GPU. My GPU is a... a a RX or an RTX. I have an RTX uh, 3080. Uh, it's the first time after seeing AMD, what AMD offered for the 6000 series that I actually regretted getting a, a uh, NVIDIA. I had a, hard, I had a hard time justifying the NVIDIA after seeing what I could do or what could be done with the, uh, the, six, the 6000 series for uh, AMD. The, the Radeon processor uh, GPUs are fucking awesome. The only thing you're getting really out of RTX is the ray tracing capabilities are slightly better. And when I say slightly better, 
it doesn't matter because ray tracing still the tech is still such shit comparatively it feels like it's all proprietary it feels like i'm dealing with sli again so yeah ray tracing is not the end-all be-all of gaming it's not even the end-all be-all of gaming on, on console but if you're looking at just wanting to get into gaming and wanting to be able to play games wanting to play the majority of xbox games and an entire list of games that will never be available on console pc is the way to go it's the thing that i will recommend to anyone right now hands down we know it's expensive it's an investment though we all are aware of how expensive it is you should hear some of the specs for our systems <laughs> but you were there i almost cried when i ordered my yeah. gpu it was i think i was actually in group chat with you when yeah and that was still when it was when it was relatively brand new and it had uh you know it was still basically asking for msrp yeah <laughs> you had to it was it was less than what they were asking before but it was still one of those things of like man that is a lot of money you you had to talk me into it two or three times before i finally pulled the trigger on it yeah it it's was, it was worth it but it's gonna last and, and it's gonna last you for years just like a console will but even with this generation even with everything that's 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 come out with this generation every system we've built listeners will outlast and will be more powerful than any console that's out right now. Hell, I'd venture that even if they came out with a pro or an elite version of the Xbox series or the PlayStation five, it would still be more powerful than those consoles. And you're going to get far more benefits out of having the PC than you will out of having just the console. So you have to be looking at it as, okay, this is going to be more than just my streaming device. It's going to be more than just my gaming device. It's going to be able to do Lots of things that I can't do solely on a console or even solely on my phone. It's going to be able to do everything. How much is that worth to me? And with the added advantage of having things like cdkeys.com and stuff like that, sales on Steam, you're going to be getting games for far less than you would ever pay on console. So now we're looking in the long run, which one will you end up spending more money on? Will you end up spending more money on console games or will you end up spending more money on PC games? You're going to spend less on PC games guaranteed. And I'm saying that with the knowledge that some games are going up to $70, but with things like cdkeys.com, I'm able to get a lot of pre-orders for far less than they would be even on Steam, even though I don't recommend pre-orders still to anybody. <laughs> but you, my point is you're, you're able to buy brand new games for less. It's just a hands down, like there's no competition, just zero. The things that consoles have to do in order to run the same games that we, that we can run it brings like they, they bring down the quality. They have to because there's just no way the console can do it otherwise. Now, don't get me wrong. PCs aren't perfect. And the reason why they're not perfect is because development has become, again, very lazy. And we could have an entire podcast on that. But that's on the development side. That's why a lot of the times you're having to wait for games to become perfected on PC or a PC version is being released that's trash. Well, in that case, just wait for a release that's better. Just wait for the better version that's going to be released eventually. And you'll likely get the game for less. You know, eventually these developers are going to start learning that, hey, we're not making as much money on PC day one. Is that because of our quality? They're not going to stop making games for PC because of it. They're, but they are going to start fixing their fucking ports because they're going to need to. But I can definitely tell you I've had more experiences where the, per, the version I've gotten on PC has been the more superior version, has looked better, has played better than I've gotten on console for the majority of the time. There's only a handful of AAA titles that I've seen where, oh, this game runs like shit. Well, a lot of the times, those games aren't very good on console anyways. Like Forspoken or Gotham Knights. You know, this isn't some kind of 
upward trend of AAA developers just making shitty ports on every of every single game on PC. That's not true. The majority of PC games I've seen, even the ones that are on console, are better on PC. Forza. Look at the port for Spider-Man that recently got ported over to the PC when it was on, on console. Even the remaster version on the PS5 can't compare to the PC port. The PC port's just superior. And as we go forward, these consoles are going to start aging. And their technology is going to start falling behind, way behind what's available on PC. So even games that come out in the future, while they might not run at full settings, you know, years from now, you're still going to be able to turn down some settings and it'll still look better than anything on console. Yeah, it's like we were saying when uh, when I got Dead Space, uh, the game automatically set everything to ultra, ultra and there was very few like stuttering issues. But that goes back to developers are getting lazy. So, yeah, yeah. Developers I'll, are getting real lazy. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. But this I, is- and that's and that's a difference between I will say that's a difference between DirectX 11 and DirectX 12. DirectX 12 turned around and said to the developers, all this is on you. You have to make sure I run correctly. Versus DirectX 11, which uh, which used to correct a lot of the mistakes. Like I had no idea how much DirectX 11 was having to do so much fucking heavy lifting for the developers until after about two months ago, I was reading a bunch of articles on like really what the differences were between DirectX 11 and DirectX 12. And DirectX 12, yeah, it brings a lot of improvements and it makes things a lot more streamlined so long as the developer doesn't fuck around. And so many developers fuck around. DirectX 11 is still the better is it's still the better API because DirectX 11 used to do a lot of heavy lifting. It used to fix a lot of the shit that developers used to fuck up that we never knew. That's why games listeners, that's why games feel like they're not being made as well anymore. Just so you know, like a lot of it has to do with the DirectX 11 and DirectX 12 differences. Because DirectX 11 used to do a lot of the heavy lifting for the developer and fix a lot of their bullshit because it knew by doing the, by doing certain checks of that's not correct. That's not correct. That's not correct. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Used to do it in microseconds, which caused a lot of work for CPUs in gaming. Whereas DirectX 12 doesn't have any of that and says to the developer, you guys got to fix this, not me. And that's why your games feel less Let's polish. They feel like shit on, on dead space. That is absolutely the problem. But like I was saying, this is the first time in my gaming existence where I've been able to buy a game, install it. And then the system's like, here you go. Max settings. What, what else you got? Come on. Yeah. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I guarantee you the, the GP, the GPU when it's run is just like, I've got more to give. What else, what else do we need to do? Um, yeah. Whereas the system that I upgraded from to the one I'm on now, had I even, you know, gone onto the Steam page, my system would have gone, <coughs> please yeah. no. And the other great thing is like with FSR, with DLSS, like these things, like these are making GPUs are, are giving even greater lifespan to GPUs for uh, years to come on settings. Like you can put things at ultra, like in Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy, I can run on an ultra at 1440 on my system. My rig runs it just fine. I can see my GPU temperatures are going up to like 75, 80, you know, nearly 80 degrees at some points because it's, it's a lot to process for it, but I switch over to DLSS or I start using AMD's FSR and suddenly all that stuff just goes away. Suddenly it goes, okay, well, I'm going to let the AI handle this. I'm going to do an upscale 
and I'm going to lower some of the settings and you can, you can increase the, the, the upscale, uh, sharpening on it on mine. I can do it like 0.4 or like 0.5 on that game. And it doesn't go back to, to the same temps. It just goes, okay, well I'm running everything and I can visually, I cannot tell the difference except for in certain spots. Like if I look really hard for it, I'll notice it. But other than one, other than that, it looks exactly the same. I'm running a DL, you know, DLSS quality mode, FSR uh, quality mode, running with like with you know 0.4 or you know 0.5, I think in Miles's case, for uh, resolution sharpening, and it looks the same. And suddenly the temps are no longer in the 70s. It drops it to like 50 something to 60 something. I'm like, that's a huge drop. Yeah, in temps. That means that my GPU is having to do a fraction of the work that it was before to render the same exact thing. And I can't visually tell a difference. Well, your GPU is going to last you for a fucking long time because of that. Like just that technology alone, not even having to use ray tracing, just that one technology. Super resolution is a fucking huge, huge thing. And being able to run those on these GPUs, your PC is going to last for fucking long, like years. And especially if you can get, if you can get any, a, not a current gen, uh, GPU, cause those are ludicrously overpriced, especially on NVIDIA's end. Uh, AMD is a little more reasonable for the price to power comparison, but, uh, if you can get a, a last gen, a 6,000 series or a 3000 series for a decent price, you're golden. So like the, this whole thing of like, I'm not, you know, it's too much of an investment. It's an investment, but your PC is going to be able to do so much more than your console ever was. And even then for, you know, I didn't buy all my parts all at once. You can slowly collect parts. So that, that helped spread out some of the price. The only one that I really equipment over a like over a generation, you're good. Yeah. The only, like I said, the only one that I really almost cried over was my GPU. And that was easily the most expensive piece. Yeah. So it's not that bad. Yeah, listeners, uh, Josiah has a, has a 6900 XT. So you can imagine at the time when it was out, like sitting there going, oh, that's a shit ton of money. <laughs> Anderson, ha- like Anderson has a used uh, RTX 2080 uh, uh, Ti in his. Fantastic GPU. I had to do some finagling because it just, for some reason, I think, I want to say it's the V BIOS in that thing. Uh, but for some reason, the GPU just would not do 1440 for his system. So I had to create a custom resolution to get it to do that, which was a bitch. But now that it's running that, that thing is solid as fuck. He got a, he got that card for a steal because the, the 2080 TI, it still outperforms 3070s. That's an entire generational gap and it still can outperform that card. That card was a beast. Yeah, that was a really solid card. Yeah. So I couldn't believe the price he was actually going to be able to get that card at. So as you can hear, it is possible to make a modern day PC, modern day gaming PC that can do all this other stuff for a fraction of what you think it might cost you. But you got to be really careful when you buy secondary parts. Trust who you're getting your parts from, especially on eBay. You know, if you think it might be sketchy, don't do it. But don't let any of this stuff become too intimidating for you to go, ah, it's too much work for me to build my own system. It's not. Trust me, you can learn how to do this. There are plenty of things on YouTube that can teach you how to build one. Don't go to the verge. Fuck that place. No, go to Jay's two cents. Linus tech tips. They have a great build guide. Uh, Gamers Nexus. 
These guys can help you understand what you're looking for. And if you can get your hands on like a, a GTX 1080 or a GTX 1080 Ti, you're going to be sitting pretty for a good couple of years. Those are great GPUs. Yeah, they're old, but they're fantastic. Trust me, you don't have to be running the latest and greatest of everything right now in order to have a good gaming PC to start you out. Building a PC will make you an enthusiast. And in the end, it'll give you a better understanding as to why PC gamers haven't necessarily looked down on console gamers. PC gamers know why console gamers buy consoles. We absolutely understand it. But there's a reason why we have such a high opinion of our own systems. It's because we expect to see more out of the systems that we build ourselves. And with that comes great pride in the systems that we build. But once you build one yourself, you'll totally get it. Even if it's one that you didn't totally build yourself, like let's say you participated with a friend in building it and putting together the parts, or they taught you how to build it. Even having a better understanding of your own system, you'll suddenly understand, okay, I see why you guys do this. I see why you guys build your own systems. I see why you guys take so much pride in this. And I know why you guys game on this now. So yeah, it, it's definitely an adventure. I'd recommend it to anybody that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. It, it's it's stressful, but once you finally get everything together, it's so worth it. Yeah, and uh, just so I went from going with Intel to a, it's especially the especially if you're using AIM for, and it's got the you know the pens for the the CPU. The thing the thing that's the most the scariest part for an AM4 is the pens because the pens are directly on <laughs> on the the chip, and I get that because if you've been one of them, then you're kind of fucked unless you know how to fix them, which I don't have the soldering iron for. Uh, or the patience <laughs> to do it. But uh yeah, if you if you you plug it in, but like just like knows this, like you plug it in, he's like, How do I know if it's in the slot? I'm like, you'll know. And he goes, Okay, he puts it in and it slots right in. And he goes, All right, and did he that he just pulls the thing down? He's like, Wow, that was a lot easier. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it it you know that you've got it socketed. There's no question about it because it's just it's smooth compared to a or compared to intel whereas intel you're like all right is it is it in there yeah you can move the processor just slightly to feel that it's in the notch correctly uh if you do it too much you can break the pins <laughs> which is scary because the pins are in the motherboard like the pins pins for any of them are are scary motherboard pins oh my god are they sensitive fuck me well and the reason i was so wary about that was i remember some of the older chips like back in the early yeah. thousands where you'd have to slot it and then you would basically have to take a hammer to the back of it to make sure it's seated properly yeah so <laughs> it's like you have to add just the proper amount of force to make sure that you know too light and it's not going to seat too hard you're going to break all your pins so that's why i was yeah. concerned about you know oh is it going to go in properly and yeah back back with the uh, old designed intels it was like that is so fucking tricky You're yeah. like, oh this sucks <laughs> so you know now that i'm not operating on old knowledge anymore i'm like oh yeah i could totally handle this yeah so uh this you know moving on to our other conversations i'm sure i'm gonna have to cut this pretty short but <laughs> Uh, given how much we've bounced around on other things, but I want to talk about like system updates really quick. So usually like system refreshes have become, have become this thing of like they've moved over to consoles. We had that with the, uh, the Xbox one X. We had that with the, the PlayStation four pro a system refresh to PC gamers. Listeners wasn't unusual when it came to GPUs. We were used to a system refresh every generation because you always have the TI models for NVIDIA. You always had the, for 
for uh, AMD, it was always the 50s that came out. So you had the, the 5950, you had the 6950, you had the, you know, in this case, we'd be waiting for the 7950. Uh, this generation's looking more, it's kind of up in the air on whether or not we'll actually see a system refresh. At this point, I fully expect, it, months ago, listeners, I fully expected the, the, the PS5 Pro. I, it's a year ago, I expected the fully, you know, the, the, the PS5 Pro. Well, the reason why was because we, after the PS4 Pro and everything like that, and how weak in comparison the PS5 is compared to the raw horsepower of the Series X, I sat there, I'm like, they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to do it. Like, that's, that was my mindset. They're going to have to do it. Uh, but now it's kind of up in the air. Well, and I, the reason I expected it was, you know, scalpers bought up all the, the base model PS fives. And I was thinking a smart move that Sony would do is since they've already proven that, you know, the first one that comes out is the mid step. And then a couple years in, you get the, the full Full. version. Um, I figured that would have been smart. And it's like, Oh, all these scalpers are sitting on the, the PS five on the old stuff. They're going to have, they're going to, they're going to be screwed over on the, the new one. Right? Yeah. Here's yeah. the PS five pro. So, and that, yeah, I get that reasoning. That makes sense. Uh, my thought process was on the manufacturer size of like, you can't even keep the, the current one in, in stock. There's no point to switching to the pro because if you can't even keep the current one in stock, there's no way you're going to keep the, the, the other one in stock. So it's kind of that, that's why I said, that's why I'm saying it's, it's up in the air because yeah. what you're like, your reasoning perfectly sound. That makes complete sense on the fact of like, if you're, if you're going to screw over an entire community of assholes who are going to steal a, who are going to take all your product, come out with the newest product and fuck them over. Right. Doesn't, you know, I don't know if it, I, listeners, neither, neither one of us can predict how that would actually go for anyone in, in the, reselling and scalper market but we would hope it would kind of screw over their entire system of things now it's been a long enough time that playstation 5 has been able to uh keep up with their stock again right so it's seeming more and more less likely to see the ps5 pro come out because we'll just end up in the same situation as at this point as we were with the ps5 of they'll just buy up all the supply and people won't be able to get ps5 pros and they'll screw over that that group of gamers. But the way I see that is they'll probably release a lot of their stock of the originals since they're not going to make their money back on that. And that's uh, yeah, and that's a po- and that, that's also a possibility. Uh, at this point, I'm more like listeners. If if you've been listening to us long enough, I'm going to renege on what I had said before. Of like, I guaranteed there was going to be a PS5 Pro. At this point, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a PS5 Pro. I've made the statement before, like, I don't know if there's actually going to be a PS5 Pro. At this point, it feels like it would be stupid to do a PS5 Pro because their developers, the the developers for PlayStation have been having to work on the PS5. They've been having to work on the PS5 and the PS4, actually. So they've been having to downgrade whatever they've been making originally for the PS5, God of War, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Anything that they were solely trying to make for the PS5. Originally, uh, Horizon Forbidden West was going to switch over to, like, I, re- I remember when this came out, like, they were going to try and do just PS5, and people lost their shit. And they went, oh, you, oh no, we're still coming out with the PS4 version. And then 
months later they they did the whole thing of like we're gonna you know you're gonna have to pay for the upgrade and they they got fucking hosed on that one because sony had fucked that up entirely well yeah because i remember that um what was it they said that they weren't looking at who ended up actually with the systems all they saw was sales numbers and they're like oh man these things are selling like hotcakes yeah everybody's got to have a ps5 and then they made the announcement of a bunch of games were going to ps5 only and everybody was like uh so what the five scalpers that bought all these are going to be able to play it and no one else cool guys yeah it wasn't until like i, I have a feeling with that with sony like finally went and looked at their numbers or like how many people actually are on ps5 versus how many we've sold and they saw oh that number is way lower yeah there's a lot of them that are out in the wild that are not being played with and that's because they're owned by scalpers oops yeah they're so sitting, they're sitting in a connex box out yeah, in the desert somewhere exactly so like so I think they saw that and then they were like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to make sure that games are that all of these games are going to be on the PS five and the PS four. So now developers have to go, okay, well we're working on both systems. We have to create a downgraded version and the upgraded version, which is going to kind of impact the upgraded version a little bit because they have to do some different tricks in order for the older one to work. So with the PS five, with the PS five and PS five pro, I'm going to, I'm going to try and shortcut this to what I was going to talk about instead of focusing on, on what we were just bringing up because as, as quickly as I can, Sony fucked up and went, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll try and make sure that it's available on all consoles so that we can hit the largest audience possible because they didn't have enough PS5s in the, in the, in the wild. Right. Um, never mind the fact that they, that they also tried to renege on if you bought the PS4 version, you got the free upgrade. Because they tried to say that, oh, if that was only for if you bought it on launch. Well, nobody could buy it on launch. <laughs> you fucking assholes. So, but you know, we're, we're you know, or the game wasn't it was no was no longer in the launch window. Whatever. Anyways, the point is, is that they they've had these developers having to work on an old generation and a new generation. Now that they've gotten enough PS5s in the wild, they're they've said solely they're like, okay, now a lot of our exclusives, in fact, almost all of our exclusives are only going to be on PS5. So they're making that transition over to PS5 only. If you come out with a PS5 Pro, you're putting your developers right back into the same situation they were in of they're having to make an upgraded version, the one that they can go balls out with, and a downgraded version again the same spot they were in with the ps4 and the ps4 pro the only difference is the architecture back then was so similar that they could do it but in this case if you're doing the half step if you're doing the half step and the refresh the refresh at this point is not going to be rdna 2 plus it's going to be rdna 3 versus rdna 2 plus that is a generational gap listeners mm-hmm. that is a generational gap at this point so playstation I don't know what you guys can do other than if you made, if you made the PS five pro, the only thing you can really do is stick to RDNA two plus two plus, which is what you're at on the PS five and make a, a, a more powerful chip of that version. But you're having to ask your manufacturer, don't go up to RDNA three, don't go up to RDNA three plus, which will be available or which will be technically uh, in development, developmentally available at the end of this, this generation, if AMD even does their refresh, which I don't think they will based off of the leaks that have been coming out. So that's why I've said it's up in the air listeners of like, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to get the mid-step this year. I don't think we're going to get the PS five pro. I don't think we're going to get the, I definitely don't think we're going to get anything above an X area series X. 
there is almost no incentive or reason for Microsoft to even go to the Series X, especially when you have rumors of developers within Microsoft asking Microsoft for them to be able to create Series X only games, leaving the Series S behind because the Series S is vastly underpowered comparatively. If you compare the two, the Series S is actually technically less powerful than the, the One X. Um, it has certain technologies that are available in RDNA 2 Plus, but the downside is, is that while those uh, technologies are available, they're also still a little underpowered uh, in a console that was intentionally made primarily, in my opinion, to be a streaming console for xCloud. Mm-hmm. So listeners, going forward, I think you're going to see Xbox Series X games that are only available on Xbox Series X or through xCloud on Series S, where a game is going to have to use streaming. I think that's going to happen. And that's where I see those, those consoles going. And the Series X is a, it's a beast of a console comparatively power, power like powerhouse-wise. Its GPU is far more powerful than, uh, than what's in the PS5, which is why originally I said that they're going to have to do the PS5 Pro. But now... But now that RDNA 3 is out and the majority of developers that are doing first party titles for the PlayStation 5 are just now getting to develop only for the PS5, it just seems like it's not the right thing to do. It, it could just be me. Like I said, it could be wrong. I, it's, that's why I said it's, you know, originally it's up in the air. So I don't expect the PS5 Pro, but I could be wrong. I honestly could be. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. That's how weird the market is right now. And you compile that with the fact that we are getting rumors from the industry saying that AMD is not going to have a refresh at all for the 7000 series. It seems like we might not get the refresh that we were expecting for the consoles either. So, Josiah, do you think we're going to have a refresh? Uh, it might skip this generation. I think I, it might skip. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you when the, the PS6 comes out and Xbox series, whatever, I bet they'll reintroduce the mid-step. Oh, that's a possibility. But I think this one, they might skip it. So when, okay, when did, when did the PS5 Pro launch? That was in 2020? PS4? PS5. No, no, you said PS5 Pro. Did I say Pro? You did. My, my fault. When did the PS5 launch? It, it launched in uh, 2020, right? That is now two years old, all right? So two years into the console generation, you've got the, you know, when you look back at the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, the PS4 Pro was a significantly more powerful chip. However, the PS4 Pro used the same generational tech, just more powerful chip. So if the PS5 Pro comes out using RDNA 2 Plus, it'll be using the same tech, it'll just be slightly more powerful, right? And it would be only more powerful than maybe the Xbox Series X. Whereas if Microsoft were to do it, Microsoft, I guarantee you would just go, fuck it, RDNA 3. We're going to go full on. That's the problem that the Pro and the, the 1X brought in. The 1X was a, was a recalculation. It was a, a mistake fixer for the, for the Xbox One, where Microsoft forgot what the power of X meant. So they like they've even said this in their documentary, like the, the Xbox One X was a fix for the Xbox One of we need to make sure we have the most powerful console on the planet. We always toted this for years and then we fucked around and, and found out that, oh, yeah, it's a it's a problem for us not to do this. We tried to be 
this company that was like, oh no, our consoles are now just the all-in-one system instead of going, oh, actually our consoles are first and foremost a gaming system and, and everything else comes second. Thankfully, they, they recorrected that with the Series X and went, okay, if you want a Series S and you're just a, you know, you're an average gamer, you just want to be able to play games, but you want mostly this for a streaming system kind of thing, which is primarily what it's used for. Uh, then yeah, the one, the, the series S is for you, but if you're wanting to play games first and foremost, you're going to want a series X. If that's the main purpose for your console, that's what you're going to want. Uh, it's kind of the difference between somebody who buys a, like a gaming laptop versus someone who buys a desktop for gaming, which is going to be the more powerful, right? If you listeners, if you're listening to this and you say, well, my, my laptop's super powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck with that. Enjoy that non-upgradable system for as long as it'll last you. So two to three years. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I understand the whole appeal for gaming laptops are super powerful and they can do pretty much everything you need them to do. But at the same time, they're massively limited. And that's where, that's where this is at. Like this is a, like you, you, when you put these limitations on these, on these consoles, well, if you try to do a mid-step version of it, now you're asking your developers, I need you to create two different versions of the game again. And, and from a PC standpoint, you'll be sitting there going, well, PC games have to do that anyways, because they have to think of the entire gambit of equipment out there that their system can run on from the minimal requirements to the highest requirements. And you would think this would be true and just as you know applicable to anyone who's making the console games, only it's easier because they're only making it for two systems, right? That's a that's a pretty good limitation. And this would be true if it weren't for the fact that developers have become more lazy, even in PC side of things. I mean, think about that. So why would you think that a console developer would even want to do the extra work on top of the fact that, especially if they're a first party developer, they don't want to do it regardless because they just want one system to have to work on something that they've been complaining about this entire generation of having to make two generations worth of games. You know making sure that one's backwards compatible with the previous generation just so they can sell enough of them. And now that they're finally going to be like, oh, we're going to finally be able to just work on one generation, they might be told, hey, you're actually going to be making two again. And right now, we don't even have a single game that can push the PS5 as hard as it can. I mean, look at God of War. God of War Ragnarok came out on the PS4. Not the PS4 Pro. It was was able to be played on the PS4. Right. I mean, granted, it pushes that system to its absolute goddamn limits, but still that one actually made my pro make some new noises. That's part of the reason I haven't been playing it. I mean, what kind of fucking wizardry are you using to make that game run on a PS4? Yeah, I was just going to say I played it on my pro and that thing sounds like it's going to go to orbit every time I fire that game up. It's unbelievable. And when you see it side by side with PS4 Pro and the PS5, the differences are kind of negligible. I mean, there's a difference, but it. It's almost like you can't tell if you went if you switched from one to the next other than frame rate. But comparatively, like it's amazing that they got such a similar experience on what I would consider almost three generations of consoles. You know, you have the PS4, PS4 Pro and the X or the, the, the PS5. So if that's the case, then the PS5 is obviously not even being tested nearly as much as it could because some of that tech's being held back for the previous generation. So now that they're working on the PS5 only, what can these developers do? Are they going to be able to push that system even harder? Are they going to be able to do more with it? Well, yeah, I would hope so. But does that mean that the PS5 Pro needs to be in existence afterwards? 
I don't know. I don't necessarily think so on this generation just because we're already two years. I was going to say, let's cut the difference and say two and a half. Okay. Two and a half years into the, you know, the life cycle, you typically get like what, six out of a console generation? For a total, for an actual generation before you see the next generation? Yeah. About six to seven. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up on the halfway point where they should be, they should have at least announced it already. The PS5 Pro should, like, while it has rumblings and has rumors and stuff like that, and people will say they, they've seen patents for it, that might be the case. But PlayStation should, could just be creating a patent for something they'll never create. It's the same thing with the Switch Pro. Yeah. I mean, we've been hearing rumors about the Switch Pro for how fucking long, and it's never going to happen. Never, listeners, it's never going to happen. Never going to exist. Yeah, we'll literally go to a new console before that happens. Nintendo's already said that. Yeah, we'll just make a new one before we do a, yeah, a midstep. It, it for them, it doesn't make any sense to do anything else. Which, surprisingly, that one I'm waiting for an announcement. I think we'll we'll see an announcement for the next Nintendo console this year. I've already got to say, I probably won't buy the next one. It really depends for me. I've gotten so much more mileage out of my switch than I ever thought I would just because, you know, they brought uh fire emblem back, which was always, uh, yeah, it's, it's solely dependent on the kind of games that they have. And for me, there've been only a handful of titles that I've really felt like I've needed to own or play. Uh, don't get me wrong. Metroid prime. The remake is absolutely one of them. <laughs> I want to get that so fucking bad. I can't believe it. Uh, that's the shadow. Okay. The shadow launch for that. I really quick. We have to talk about the shadow launch for Metroid prime. What the fuck, Nintendo? That, that was the most just like, and it's out. Like, there was, like I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I felt kind of bad the way that I told you. Yeah. Because I had assumed that you'd been on the game all day. I got the email about it while I was sitting in class. I went home. I bought it. Waited for it to install. And I was like, I just sent him a quick message. Hey, man, did you hear about Metroid Prime? And you're like, no, what's going on? And I sent him a screen or a, a picture. When, when you said it, did you hear about <laughs> Metroid Prime? My first thought was, oh, God, they, they fucking canceled something <laughs> or it's been delayed again. I'm like, God damn it. What the fuck else is going to happen? And he sends me a picture. I was like, bullshit. <laughs> like, no fucking way. That's why I, I purposely and, sent you a picture. You can see my boots yeah, in the bottom of the picture. Yeah, at first I thought it was just an image of like, oh, they released a trailer. And then I started focusing. I'm like, nope, that's a menu screen. That's an opening screen. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, what do you, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. No, what I, the fuck, Nintendo? I purposely <laughs> left details so you could see that was my TV in yeah, my living room. Yeah, yeah so. But yeah, I, I felt kind of bad because you're like, oh my God, when did this happen? I'm like, uh, apparently like three hours ago. <laughs> yeah, fucking nuts. So anyways, yeah, uh, Nintendo's, uh, Nintendo, I'm kind of in the same spot. Of like, I, like, I don't know if I'd buy the next one just because there's like, don't get me wrong, there's like, I, I enjoy the games that I have on my Switch. But at the same time, it's one of those things like, ah, I don't play it enough for me to justify buying it, at least not right away, at least not right away, buying a brand new console for it. And when I look at the, the possibility of refreshes for consoles, I'm in the same spot. of like, I don't think there's anything to justify me ever buying a pro version of a PS five because I've got my PC. And that's the thing is like, I've got my PC when I sit there and I go, if I want to play something that's in it, so long as PlayStation continues to in PlayStation, you really do need to do this, continue this of releasing your titles on PC. Absolutely. I, they're missing one critical one for me, and it's probably going to be the only thing that sells me a PS5. Ratchet and Clank has not come to PC yet. 
Ratchet and Clank. That's the thing is they keep, they keep talking about like how like, oh, well, Ratchet and Clank couldn't come out on a PC because of uh, NVMe bullshit uh, technology. I'm like, all you have to do is just make that a requirement. Yeah. Like liter- literally in the PC community, you literally have to say it requires an NVMe. There are actual games listeners that require NVMEs on PC. Literally says it in the system requirements. And if you don't read the system requirements as a PC gamer, the, there's nothing I can do for you because you're 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 so much of a peon that you don't you don't understand that that's a thing. Which I don't know one PC gamer that doesn't. I haven't read even 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 the lowest of the lows. And yes, I'm talking about Twitch streamers. Usually they even know like other oh, system requirements. I have to look at this. I haven't looked at system requirements recently, but that's just me riding the high of a brand new <laughs> um, upgrade. And I feel like I'm, I can ride that wave for another year of eh, I can run it. Yeah, I'm such an old school <laughs> gamer, uh, especially for PC that I have looked at system requirements since the 90s. Oh no, I'm not saying I was, that I never did, but that's the re- like but but I do I do it even today. Even if I have a, even if I have the top of the line brand new best everything, still look at the system requirements because especially now, I should say, with developers, like god dude, there are some games like fucking Forspoken, that is the most unoptimized piece of shit. Listeners, <laughs> I played that demo, that that game is shit. Uh, I don't care what you say, that game is trash. It is the most unoptimized piece of shit I've ever seen. Like the, the, the system requirements are ludicrous. So, you know, when, when I, when you like, we, you should be looking at system requirements regardless. And if they like, for, for some reason, Sony doesn't want to put out ratchet and clank on PC. And I don't, I don't know why, because a, an NVMe at this point should be kind of a standard thing for gamers. So they should absolutely have them. Um, I mean, I'm kind of at the point where I'm about to, you know, I, I've turned into a letter writer in the last few years yeah. and I'm about to the point where I'm going to message Sony and just be like, Hey, uh, put this on PC. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people, myself included, who were going to buy your system to play it. Yeah. Now I've had to wait two and a half years. Just put it out on PC. I've got one of those. You're still getting my money. Yeah. On top of that, Sony should absolutely go back and do remasters of all of your older titles. Like. The, the entire God of War collection should be redone and put on PC. Yeah. Even, even if it's just, even if it's just the, a re the remaster or, or whatever, not, not a remake, but just a remaster of them, throw them on PC. Like these are games that absolutely be- should belong in people's collections and should be available for years to come on our equipment. Bring these games over to PC. PC needs them. PC wants them. What are you doing? You're, you're, you've been neglecting this group of millions of gamers for years and clearly their systems can run it. So bring, you know, bring, bring that stuff over and continue to do that with your current game. So if, and that's the funny thing is, it's like, I, I was just on steam the other day and they're starting to bring over newer titles yeah. like the, uh, the last of us remake. Yeah. I just got the ad that it's coming out, you know. I don't know what the PC release date for it is. I I've bought that game three times. I'm not buying it again. Yeah. Like I love that game. It's in my top three best yeah, games I, ever. I get it. I'm not buying it again, but they but sell like hotcakes on PC. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of gamers out there that clearly are sitting there going, Holy shit. I now understand why anyone would own a PlayStation. I've seen guys who've literally said, okay, so I can't wait to play God of War Ragnarok. I'm literally just going to buy a PS five just so I can play this. 
and I will end up buying it again on PC when it comes out. Like I, I know gamers like that. I've seen, I've seen people make plenty of comments on it on saying the exact same thing. So obviously there's a market for it, right? So if there's a version of a better version of a current game that's out on PS5 that's going to be coming out, do you need a PS5 Pro in order for that to be, you know, in order for that to be a thing for a better, for a more higher quality version or better textures version of the game? No, you can just bring it out on PC at this point and call it good. Yeah. So that that's that brings that brings me back to the whole thing of like the refreshes. Like it just every time I think more and more about the refreshes for this generation, it seems less and less necessary at all for a refresh. I'm not going to say it's going to ha- it's not going to happen, listeners, because I have no fucking clue. I don't expect it to happen at this point. But keep in mind, the last two years of gaming has felt like four years for all gamers <laughs> because of the bullshit that's been going on in the world and in in our own in our own fucking uh, sphere of uh, of culture. So at this point, should we or should we have already heard about the PS5 Pro? We've we should have heard rumbling. Uh more than just rumors, actual rumblings, like coming like leaks coming from PlayStation. Like there should be some things coming out, like expect something big next year. Uh something like that. As for the PS5 Pro announcement, if there's going to be a pro, I don't expect there to be an announcement until either later this year or maybe even uh, next year, 2024. I, I feel like if the earliest we might hear about anything is like E3. Oh, around E3 time? Yeah, because yeah. they're not going to be there, by the way. No, I know, e- but that's... Yeah, E3 is, ha- E3 is having a rough go considering... Uh, yeah, because everybody decided, fuck you, I'm yeah, going to take my ball and go yeah, home. Everybody fucking pulled out. But <laughs> everybody still does their conferences around the same time. Yeah, Microsoft's going to have theirs across the street. <laughs> which is hysterical. That's Eddie, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like that's the earliest we're going to hear uh, yeah. an announcement for it. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's fair. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like it'll, it'll happen either later this year or you won't hear about it until 2024 around the same time, 2024. And if it's next year, listeners, when you hear about it, I, I would fully expect the whole thing of like, we're having that we have the PS five pro like showing it off and then saying it'll come out later this year in November. Like if that's the case, like, so if you're looking at like, when's it going to be out and stuff like that? I fully don't ex- I I fully don't expect one, but if there's going to be a PS5 Pro, I guarantee I almost guarantee you it won't be until next year that you'll see it like actually release. I could see them and announcing that, that'll put, it. That'll put it at the four year mark, which is around the same time as the PS5 or the PS4 Pro, four years into the into the console's lifespan. So you'll get another three years until the next generation is announced. So keep that in mind, listeners. If you buy a if you're looking at buying a PS5 Pro. A PS5 Pro will be, you know, will be out. And then roughly three years later, you'll be seeing the PS, the PS6. So I'm not saying that's, that's the only lifespan for that console, but keep in mind, Sony wanted to originally with the PS5 Pro or the PS5 launching, they wanted to dump the PS4 entirely, almost immediately. They were, they were going to stop supporting that console if it hadn't been for the scalpers. Which is, I could say, the only thing that was good for the scalpers was you made Sony realize, hey, we have to support a previous generation because our games aren't going to sell on this generation until we can actually get them in the hands of people. 
That's the only plus you guys ever did. So good job. That's the <laughs> was, only was nice thing them, you did. We're making them realize that the only way we're going to sell games is by making sure we support the previous console as we go into this generation. Because they wanted to, they listeners, they wanted to drop off the PS4 entirely and immediately go to PS5. Like they've done pretty much every generation they've done before that of just no more support from first party titles. I should say not third party, first party titles. And we're going on to the next generation. We're just immediately moving on. That's what they wanted to do. So that means your PS5 Pro will have a lifespan of about three years. Now, here's a if, question. If that's if Sony does the same thing. I would hope Sony would learn their lesson their, or their lesson right now. Of we need to support the previous generation as we move in. But they're a company and most of these companies don't learn shit. But here's the thing. We've <laughs> talked about this is. It, it switches every other generation of who learns a less or who learns from their last generation. Yeah. So going by that, Xbox is going to fuck up on the next one and Sony's going to learn. Yeah. But here's my question. If we're going off of that old PS2 commercial, is the PS6 going to be that silver ball that you crack open and those things fly into your brain? And you just, <laughs> Cause I, I don't know if I'm ready Welcome for that. To the matrix. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I'm ready for that kind of technology. Yeah. So listeners talking about system refreshes, uh, console or, you know, like I said, PC gamers have been dealing with refreshes for years because of uh, TI and, uh, the fifties that have, that have come out for the Radeon series. Uh, currently right now it's looking like it's less likely we're going to get a 7950. Uh, for the AMDs, and this is based off of leaks coming from notable leakers who have said the same things for what was actually coming out last year, or, or like last generation. Um, these are people who were correct on every single on every single go. So uh, it's looking less and less likely that we're going to see a seventy nine fifty. Uh, however, Nvidia is going to continue to come out with the TIs. Nvidia is in a weird place because right now everybody's expecting the. Uh, the RTX 4070 to come out, even though they have the 4070 Ti, because NVIDIA fucked up with their naming conventions and came out with the 49 or the 4080 12 gig and the 4080 16 gig, and then they realized that the 4080 12 gig was being called out by every single person in the gaming in the PC gaming community. Of this is just a 4070 Ti, you're lying to us. Stop it, yeah. fucking stop. It's literally the same card with a new plate put on the front. Yeah, so. Uh, it even had the it even had the 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 same uh, ser- or not serial number but product naming conventions that previous generations that were called like the seven the the thirty seventy ti had the same na- the fucking same naming conventions on their fucking die and people were like you guys are lying to everyone no one's buying it it's not a forty eighty it's a forty seventy ti just call it the forty seventy ti uh, or call it the forty seventy one of them, but they had to go with the TI because it was so much more powerful than what they had planned for the 4070 and the 4070 wasn't out yet that they had to go with the 4070 TI and start selling them because they had already run the cards off and originally had them labeled as the 4080s. And they had to go back and tell all of their third party manufacturers, change the labeling, change your boxes. Like that's, that's an embarrassment for this generation. NVIDIA, you are such a fucking joke at this point. Like, I, I don't know how you've, here's the thing. I don't know how anyone's buying any of your products based off of your pricing alone at this point. Well, but, that's the funny thing. So for me, me, the, the bridge for NVIDIA was burned a long time ago. So now I get to just laugh. Yeah. Like I get to point and laugh at the stupid things that they're doing. Yeah. But they still like, there's a crazy thing. They still have, they still have the majority of the market. Regardless, they still have majority of the market, 
but but they haven't but you can you could go into a store today and buy a 4080 you could go into a store today and buy a 4070 ti right that wasn't true even two generations ago but now you can but there are but there are no almost it's it's almost impossible to find a 4090 at msrp so that's the only card they're selling is the 4090 so the like gamers know the 4090 is truly a generational gap. I mean, they're they're leaps and bounds different. I mean, they're also insanely like insanely priced. It is super expensive. Oh yeah, like price to uh, <clears throat> like price to performance. You you can't really go with that even this generation because you're not going to find a price that's even remotely reasonable. But when you look at the performance wise, the 4090 is the only one that's sitting there going, yeah, I am the true generational gap. Cause when you compare that to the 3080, the 3080 TI, the 3090, the 3090 TI, and it's, it's got these gains of like 80% more power and, you know, more oomph to it compared to its previous generation. Like that's the only one that's actually doing that. And it's, and it's doing that versus it's, you know, it's replace, you know, it's the replacement card for the 3090 and it's just freaking destroying the fucking thing. But then people go, or but then gamers are going, but the 4080 is not nearly like that. And it's still, it's still the same price increase compared to its previous generation. When you can just go, okay, but the 4090 costs about as much as the 3090 did when it launched. It's it's about a hundred dollars. I think it's I think from launch it's about a hundred dollars more for the for the founders edition, I should say. But it's this huge jump, this massive leap. And how powerful it is. You go, oh, well, that makes sense. It, it makes sense that it costs a little bit more, but it makes sense that it's this huge jump. And then you look at the 48 and you're like, it, it's a little bit of a jump. It's it's a good jump, but it's its price is way too fucking high. It's just insane. You know, you're talking about a card that went from like the the 3090 founder or 3080 founders edition was was 700 bucks. I think it was 700. 700 bucks. And then you have the 4080 that came out. And it's twelve hundred dollars. Like, that's that's I'm, that's five hundred. That's a five hundred dollar increase. Yeah, five hundred dollars for thirty percent more. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to give me a discount? No. Can I trade my other card in? No. Why do you want me to buy this? <laughs> now, here's the other question that I have about these cards. Uh, do you think? And this is. You know, kind of stupid off the wall question, but do you think they're still going to keep getting bigger? Unfortunately, yes. And I think that's because of so if you look at the if you look at the Radeon cards, like they're they're huge compared like they're 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 still huge. But even their third party cards, uh I, I mean like from their from their main only developers like Power Color. Power colors only are only Radeon. Uh they make a three slot card, but it's still smaller than NVIDIA's. But it's got better cooling than than the the reference model. The reference model is still a two slot card, and amazingly enough, they still managed to make that work. Even though, yeah, you know, vapor chamber problems aside, listeners, I'm I'm aware that the the XTX has a vapor chamber issue. That's a manufacturer's problem, and they're still trying to nail down where that's coming from. There's not enough, essentially, not enough water in the in the vapor chamber. Is what's happening yeah. on some models. AMD claims it's below it's below ten percent, which is within within tolerance. Uh, upside is at least they're they're doing RMAs for people. The downside is, is that they haven't even gotten to replacing them yet because they don't have enough reference mo- reference model cards coming out out of the factory to actually fix it. And they're still trying to nail down who's doing it. So you could get a reference card and it's still 
has a vapor chamber problem and it's been over a month later. Ugh. That's bad. Yeah, not not a great not a great picture for for AMD, but their third party cards are having no problems. I want to point that out. Their third party cards are having none of those issues. But color power color is a solely Radeon card, right? It's still a three slot card, and and I think the the uh, Red Devil is a uh, a three point six uh, slot card. It's it's still massive. It's still beefy. But you compare that to the Nvidia cards. And the NVIDIA 4080s and 4090s and, and even the 4070 TIs, they're all the same size because these third-party manufacturers are like, well, we're not, I'm not going to create a different card and a different uh, design just to fit a, a less powerful card. I'm just going to go with the same thing that I've already done, and it'll be cheaper on manufacturing for me, and I'll just make the same thing over and over again with a different uh, card in there. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll just do it that way. So you have these massive fucking cards for, for no reason. Well, across, across the board because it's all based off of their 4090 versions and then they turn around and go well we're going to do the same thing for amd and people are going wait what <laughs> so so the radio the radion cards of the same card that's for nvidia is the same size in the radion cards you're going in their radion versions like the the asus tough the 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 7900 uh, xtx and xt same size same size as as, as the the 4090 that they have well that's and you're why going, was- these cards are fucking massive so yes i think they're going to get just continue to get bigger because the third party these third party developers are so fucking lazy with manufacturing that they're just going to go whatever the most expensive and most power hungry and and heat inducing card there is whether it be amd or whether it be nvidia most likely it's going to be nvidia because of the 49 or because of the 90s like the 90s cards so the next 5090 that comes out is going to be fucking massive and it's going to translate to every single model underneath that <laughs> well that's why i was asking because like i i have the 6900 xt yeah pretty beefy card yeah and then when you sent me that fuck you for this by the way sent me the video <laughs> of the uh the 7900 xt yeah and it's even bigger it's like four inches longer and i was looking at my case i'm like okay i have about Four inches of wiggle room. Unless he realizes he's being hyperbolic. It's it's about an inch and a half longer, but it it feels so much different from from the first one. It's nuts. Yeah, but I was looking at my case and those pictures, and I'm like, I I don't I have no need to upgrade. This is just it's new and I want it. Yeah. But I was looking at my case and I'm like, man, I that's gonna make that even tighter in there. And like, I don't even know if I'd want to just based on space requirements. Yeah. So like, let's like I have the I have the RTX 3080, but I have a 10 gig, not a 12 gig. Yeah. The 12 gig, like, actually performs better because it's got more memory on it. The 10 gig is doing, you know, especially with DLS DLSS, it does just fine in games. But there was this this nudging this this nagging at me in the fact that like when I was playing Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. When you play it on ultra at anything high, 1440 and higher and higher, it requires a lot of memory. Now you and the rest of the guys have no problem with that because your memory is 11 gigs or higher. Yours is, I believe 20. Uh, I, I think my father's is at 20 miles is at 16. No issues. There's it's overkill at that point. Yeah. You have way more memory than will ever be necessary for video games. However, and Anderson's at 11. Anderson's card will run that game better than mine. Really? He's got a 2080 Ti. It's got 11 gigs. Right. I've got 10. 
my problem right now is that I'm there. There are now games that are coming out that are so unoptimized and we could go into this all day, but are so unoptimized that developers are just saying, fuck it, more power, which I am all for more power. But for gener like for, for generations now, there has not been one game that has gone above eight gigabytes for needing for memory until now. Suddenly developers just don't give a shit about, about optimization whatsoever when it comes to texture packs or anything like that. It's just fuck it. You can take games for years and play them at 4K. Gears of Gears of War 5. Gears 5 has ultra high res textures in it. It does not use more than five gigs. For its entirety of its use. Well, yeah, the argument can be made for, well, it's not an open world. You're right. It's not an open world. But no other open world game, not even Red Dead Redemption 2, which is fucking phenomenal looking on PC, uses more than eight gigs of memory. It's, it's, I mean, to think it would use more than eight gigs is just bonkers to anyone. And suddenly, now games are just, and this is at 1440p, not at 4K, 1440p. Suddenly we have games that are coming out like Forspoken. Forspoken is zero fucks given for any system requirements. And it's just like, all right, well, fuck it. And, and that game doesn't look nearly as good as games like Red Dead Redemption 2 or even Hogwarts Legacy. Why is it requiring so much more memory? Laziness, because there's no optimization going into that stuff. So now I'm sitting there going, well, now I have to worry about developers being conscious enough about system requirements and going, Maybe we should back it off a little bit or actually optimize some of our texture work or optimize some of our, some of the other shit that we've put in the game and not actually use up everybody's goddamn every single fucking second uh, or like bit of memory in their video card. Well, or they haven't been really considerate recently, so I'm going to say that they're not probably going to be considerate in the future going forward. So NVIDIA knew that making the 10 gig and they went, fuck it. We're going to do the 10 gig anyways because it's cheaper which would explain why four months after my card, after I finally got my card, nine months after the card had already come out, they finally went, oh, you know what? We're going to come out with a 12 gig. 12 gig version of the same fucking card. The exact same card, just with two more gigs. Why? Conveniently enough, later on that same year, Far Cry 6 was going to come out, which, conveniently enough, says, oh, you need 11 gigs of memory for this game weird i see that stuff and i go okay well you know i'm running into that problem so i sat there and i said okay i'm going to start looking at this the the 7900 and i started laughing when i was looking at the 7900s in the and even the 40 series i've even contemplating fitting it in my system and if i wanted to have one with decent cooling with the even the 7900s i'd be looking at the red devil and it would not fit in the upright configuration that i currently have in my case would not fit yeah. i'd have to remove a fan just to get it to fit and I'm going, well, that's not happening. And I'm not, and, and listeners, I'm not doing it, but I was looking at it and I'm like, I could sell my card. I could get some money for it. I could put that towards that and, and, you know, uh, try and figure out a way to, to, to pay for a, a brand new, brand new card. It's only two, two, it's only two years old from when I owned it. It's going to be three years old generationally by the end of this year. And I'm going, and I'm seriously considering upgrading it at the time going, you know, and I'm fucking racking my brain, causing myself stress for no fucking reason other than the fact that I only have 10 gigs for two fucking gigs because of that. So anybody out there who's thinking about actually building a PC, make sure that you are very well aware of how many gigs are actually, you know, gigs of memory are on your graphics card as well. Yes, you're going to need system memory, 
but the amount of memory that's on your graphics card is going to dictate just how high of a resolution you're going to be able to run everything at with high-res textures as well. Especially since the fact is, is that these uh, developers are going to be starting to be able to work solely on a next generation system like the PlayStation 5, where they're going to have 16 gigs readily available to them at all times while they're playing. And memory on a console is handled very differently than it is on a, on a PC. So they're not going to have that kind of consideration for anyone who's on a PC at all. So they're going to be going, oh, we have 16 gigs available. We'll just use up all 16 gigs. So just remember that going forward, that that's going to be an issue because of stuff like that. I mean, for crying out loud, they had the 3060 and the 3060 Ti that came out. The 3060 uh, had 12 gigs. The 3060 Ti did not. The 3060 uh, runs Hogwarts better than the 3060 Ti at higher resolution. So like 1440p runs it better than the 3060 Ti does. And the Ti is supposed to be the better card. That's supposed to be the more you know, more powerhouse. That's the mid-step. That's the generational step. Not really generational step. That's that's the the mid-step. That's the refresh. So that's nuts. But that's what's happening. So if that continues to happen going forward, well, my at least my graphics card is going to be out of date very quickly if that continues to go forward with me- with memory requirements. But it already had it had its generational refresh, right? There's no way I can get it, get a 3080, you know, 12 gig for a decent price right now. But uh, even if I just wanted to do that small upgrade, you'd think it would only cost a couple hundred bucks, listeners. But there, I'm not even kidding. When if you go on Amazon, they still have brand new 30 series cards for the same price that they were calling for at MSRP when they originally came out with them, and you can pay a hundred dollars more and just get the current 40 series version of that same fucking card. And it would cost you less or, you know, essentially it would cost you less for, for more power. That's nuts. It's fucking dumb. And at that point, if I'm looking at doing, you know, going to do that kind of thing, then I might as well just go over to Radeon, which is what I would do anyways. Yeah. Cause for a thousand bucks, I can, you know, get an XTX and it'll do everything and it kicks the shit out of my current card. So for anybody listening, who's actually thinking about going into building their own PC and switching that over to being their next generation console. I would highly recommend going with Radeon card. Uh, AMD makes the best uh, price for performance GPUs right now. And it's just, it, it's just a fact. I mean, would you, would you rather pay $1,000 or would you rather pay $1,700? That's kind of what it comes down to. Of You're going to get more bang for your buck with the Radeon card than you are with the, the NVIDIA card. I have no idea how NVIDIA is still, is still in business at this point or why anyone is still giving them money. But Vargo, what about ray tracing? Ray tracing is complete bullshit. It is this generation's SLI. It's not going to be properly utilized for years because the tech is just too much. And if you're sitting there going, well, AMD's had driver issues in the past with Radeon cards. Yes, so has NVIDIA. I hate to tell you guys this, but that is not just solely a Radeon thing. That there was a drive, massive driver issues with every NVIDIA card I've ever owned at some point has had a major driver fuck up. Just, just recently, NVIDIA had a driver that came out that they knew was going to cause a problem. And the driver caused a 10% usage issue with your CPU just by being on your system and you playing a game. You'd have to restart the entire system just to get rid of that. 
Like, oh, 10%. 10% is a lot for some CPUs, guys. So yeah, NVIDIA is just as bad. I have not owned one NVIDIA GPU that hasn't had a major driver issue at some point. Now, if you are considering AMD, make sure that you're looking at the uh, 7900 XTX and not the XT until they drop the XT, which I think they're looking at doing pretty shortly here, dropping the XT in price by about 100 bucks. It, sh it should be, there should be a 20% difference in cost between the XT and the XTX. But yeah, because of those cars, I can't figure out why the hell NVIDIA is still even the dominator for graphics cards right now. For new graphics cards, I, I just don't get it. And the only thing it comes down to is I, we have fanboys within the PC community. Yes, we do. We have Team Red and Team Green who are so vehemently against AMD that they will buy and put up with NVIDIA's bullshit. That's right up there with the, the PlayStation fanboys who went and bought a PS3 day one because they refused to become an X-Bot. Never mind the fact that the price was better and you were getting the same performance. And you really are. You're, you're getting, in some cases, better performance from, from the Radeon card and they'll, they'll throw blows. But everybody keeps freaking out about RTX that it's hysterical. You know, oh, ray tracing, it's the future of gaming. It is, someday, not now. Ray tracing's kind of a joke. And when you look at the amount of titles that actually use ray tracing, you'll know that. And when you look at the performance with ray tracing turned on, you'll definitely know that. The only major grip I think I have for this generation of uh, AMD cards is really just the naming conventions don't make any fucking sense. I mean, you have the 7900 XT and the 7900 XTX. Yeah. Why didn't you just call the 7900 XTX, the 7900 XT and the 7900 XT? the 7800 XT, like it has been in the past every fucking generation. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm wondering if they're going to do what they've been doing with their CPUs and they're going to come out with a 7700 XT instead of a 7800 XT for naming conventions. Because you have the, like currently with their GPU or with their CPUs, you have the 7700, uh, you have the 7700 and then you have the 7900. There's no 7800 this, this generation for CPUs until the 3D cache comes out. And then there's the 7800 and 7900 and 7950. Yeah. You know, they might. The 7900 XTX should either be the 7900 XT or the 7950 XT. <laughs> this generation. Like yeah. the, it's, it's really odd, listeners. I know it sounds strange what I'm trying to say, but it, like the way that this whole thing is, has worked out, it's just been fucking flabbergasting to me. Both companies are getting dumb with it. And you have, on top of that, you have NVIDIA releasing GPUs for their, for their mobile, their, their, their laptops, where you have the, the 4900, or the, the, sorry, the 4900, the 4090, the RTX 4090 in a mobile versus the RTX 4090 in a, in a desktop. They're not the same GPU for one. They're not even the same CUDA core count. Guess what is, though? The 4080 desktop <laughs> gpu so is the 4090 laptop mobile is that is that a 4080 really yes it is a 4080 it's a 4080 detuned i'm not even kidding listeners but here's the craziest part they have they also have do they also do have laptops that have the actual desktop gpu in them that are the real 4080s that are outperforming the 4090 desktop or, or laptop cpus so like people were just like what the fuck is this this is the most just bat shittiest fucking 
generation of GPUs and fucking hardware we have ever seen. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And nobody can keep track of like what the fuck's taking place. Like I've been, the guys that I follow on YouTube are just like, what the fuck? Like you guys, you guys are killing us with this insane fucking convoluted naming conventions of like you have the 4090 and the 4080 and the 4090 or M the 4080 non M the, what, what is this? Fuck. Yeah. You guys need to put the bong down for a little bit and figure something out. Yeah. So, uh, on top of that, you had Best Buy who shadow, who shadow released a sale on Nvidia founders edition cards recently and got rid of the entirety of their 30 series, uh, GPUs and one fell swoop, uh, which tells me that Nvidia told them, Hey, get rid of all these so we can make room for the 40 series and force people over to the newer GPUs. Uh, which kind of sucks because there are some gamers out there who are just like, I just want a good gaming machine, but I don't want to pay an insane amount of price. And while that might've happened for some of these people who picked up the founders editions, I guarantee you that the reason why those founders editions sold out so quickly was not because of the gaming community. More than likely you had scalpers out there that were, that saw the price cut, bought them all up and went, all right, well now we can sell them off for uh, more money. Listeners, Hogwarts, Hogwarts, are you going to go down to the pack, take a walk? Uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I have to say it is absolutely fantastic. I, you know, the, don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect game. It's not the, the best game I've ever played. It does have bugs and it does have some, some, uh, some issues here and there, but it's absolutely worth owning. And I would say it's definitely worth the money, uh, and transfiguring into a bigoted transphobe just for that game. Uh, because that's what, that's what we become evidently by, um, by owning it and supporting it to, to double. The amount I ate a Chick-fil-A sandwich while I was playing it the first night. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ate it while I was playing. No, the game is actually yeah. really good. Like, I, I was already interested when they announced it anyways. Yeah. But the game is actually a lot better. Like, it's more, I don't want to say thought out, but it, it just feels like a better game than I was expecting. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just there haven't been any like big, massive day one patches. This is one of the first games I played in a while that ran right out of the box. It worked. Yeah. And I, I oh, just want to give the developers <laughs> credit for that because I've gotten so used to, oh, I'm installing the game. Oh, I got to download another, you know, 30 gig patch right off the. It ran well and it was an open world game that immediately didn't it didn't try to, you know, send me through the planet or anything like that. I'm like, wow. Way to go. Way to go, Port Key Games. I hope you make more. Yeah. The, like I said, it's a, it's a solid game. Oh, uh, and try, try to stop catering towards these fucking nut jobs out there uh, because you, you, you can't appease them. It doesn't matter what you do. They, they get down on you for having diversity. They get down on you for not having enough diversity. It doesn't matter. You can make a game that reflects the world we live in today as much as you want. Never mind the fact that it takes place hundreds of, like, uh, you know, well over 100 years before any of that would happen. But you can you can do that and and try to appease these people as much as they want. They will still try to find something to hate your game regardless. And that was pretty evident, uh, given, you know, their reaction to uh, Serana, uh, who is named after, I believe, a Celtic or Gaelic uh, goddess of like, not, you know, uh, kindness and uh, good heartedness and uh, basically being a good person 
And uh, they took it as, oh, you made the trans character named Sir Anna. Like, no, it's Serana. You're 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 taking it out of context and you're mispronouncing it, you piece of shit. Uh, but no, that wasn't enough for anyone doing that, doing that kindness to anyone and making diversity like the, there was somebody who complained about the fact that like the Indian characters to Indian. I'm like, they're 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 from India. And he's a good person. He's he's an intelligent person. He's a kind person. And uh, he seems to get along well with the main character. Like, what is your problem with this? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like all the characters that and granted, I'm only a couple hours in, but all the characters that I've encountered so far seem yeah. like nice people. Like, yeah, these are the kind of people that when I was in school, I would have wanted to be in school with because they're yeah. not dickheads. Yeah, you have you have a, a, a girl from Uganda in it. She's a good person. She's intelligent. She's not, you know, they, they don't, they don't put any stereo. Like I can't see any stereotypes in there for, for, for anything. I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out why anyone gets like, how can you get mad at having more or having more diversity? Isn't that what you wanted? And it's done and, and it's done in a, in a tasteful manner. I, I got nothing. Like so far, my only complaint about the game is when I was tweaking my uh, character's voice the auto-tune yes. kind of yeah robotization i almost want to start the game over to stick with the standard voice tone so i don't have that i instantly went to the standard voice tone as soon as i heard it going kind of robot i went nope <laughs> dropped it right back can you change that after you've created your character i don't think so i might have to start over then because it's it's pissing me off like yeah, that it's is a little it's a little distracting but if that's my only complaint about the game so far, the combat's solid. The graphics are good. I've only run into one thing. It was in the, uh, the candy store mm-hmm. when you can turn on the, uh, the cotton candy machine yeah. and it all floats up out. That looked like shit. Go hey, back. Yeah, go back. I, and, I looked at it. I didn't mind it, but it yeah, I know what you mean. Terrible on mine. Um, other than that, everything the combat's good. Music is good. Yeah, over, overall the animation. I get what you're saying though. The animation for that is kind of, it's kind of, funky it's kind of like two generations you tried, ago you tried to make this look magical it doesn't look magical it looks weird <laughs> yeah um the voice acting is really good mm-hmm. uh simon Pegg plays the headmaster yeah you almost can't tell it's him yeah he does a great job he does a fantastic job it, yeah there is a moment later on where you you will appreciate his voice acting so much more and it's fucking hysterical it's great so there's like the the game's well done like it's it's one of those times where you're just like man you guys really knocked it out of the park like and i it, listeners if you look at some of the like the development team that that worked on this and some of the projects they worked on before this it's kind of dumbfounding it's that that equivalent of like watch it's the equivalent of watching a a game developer that's only worked on mobile titles and then turns around and makes something like this and you're like what the fuck <laughs> you go, you guys always had this kind of talent what the fuck were you doing yeah, you guys were wasting it on Candy Crush. You should have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. Never mind the Candy Crush makes billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it was it was it's really good. It's a good game. I I highly recommend it. Uh highly recommend it on even on PC, which is rare for a console port to be good on PC at this point. I mean, uh Dead Space on Dead Space on consoles, absolutely. Dead Space remake, absolutely recommended on any console. I've seen it running on consoles. Looks fucking phenomenal. PC, 
Uh, it's got some stutter. I, it's got some problems, some from DX, some DX twelve issues that they need to fix. I'm still waiting for that. Uh, that it's, patch. Don't get me wrong. It's not Callisto Protocol bad. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but it de- it definitely needs some fixing. Uh, for the record, patch. I do want to say that Callisto Protocol is the quickest I've ever uh, requested a refund. Yeah. Fifteen minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. You were in chat with me. Remember, I got to the first combat oh, yeah, encounter, and I yeah. was like, "Nope, fuck this game." Yeah. Um, Dead Space. I for PC, I'll still throw a recommendation on it, but yeah. just know going into it, you're gonna have some stutter. Uh, we've tweaked mine to where it's extremely minimal. Yeah, I think the I think the main thing that we had on yours was just turning on FSR. Yeah. Um, um, other and than that, that fixed a lot of issues. Gameplay, fucking phenomenal this game scared the crap out of me when i first played it and uh there's definitely been a couple times where i played it and i had to go turn some lights on again yeah it's one of those things where like i don't get wrong listeners i know i know people complained about the uh the character changes like the character uh so some women or some some people complain and i know some women that complained about the fact that like the uh isaac's girlfriend was kind of pretty down like she was she's made a little more homely uh i'll agree uh and they made her older than she looked in in the original game i get it uh some people complained about that it feels like there's this kind of deliberate working against like the femininity of characters and even the masculinity of characters and i've seen it yeah it's definitely happening in some areas i don't know if that was necessarily their sorry hit the mic again i don't know if that was necessarily (laughs) this is what happens when i talk my hands I don't know if that was necessarily their, their intention with this one. I think that there was more of like the, the, the characters I think in this are more uh, driven by the voice actors and the people who are doing the mocap for them. I think that's what they based the character looks. Yeah. Listeners. I just went and took a look at the actress that plays uh, Nicole in the new game, uh, Tanya Clark. Um, I don't know what the artist did to make her look so homely. Cause that woman is beautiful. <laughs> because <laughs> i've seen the guy who plays isaac and uh, if, if that's the care if that if that's the person then that's the character they based him off of this is what they changed isaac into. yeah because i've seen the the side by sides and they're i think about all they did was they made his hair a little bit more red yeah uh because if you looked at the original isaac to me the original isaac when he took his helmet off he he looked like a discount ghostbuster <laughs> like like an amalgam of of taking some of the ghostbusters and throwing them together along with you know maybe the artistic stylings of the real ghostbusters from the old you know the old 80s cartoon and uh that's what they made that's what they made isaac based off of. <laughs> uh the original one but uh anyways it it is aside from the the character changes the the looks changes for some of the characters it is absolutely the upgrade that everyone wanted and it is every bit as creepy, even if if not more so creepy than the original release. The lighting stuff that they've done, the environment stuff they've done with the with the game, the improvements to that. On top of that, adding more to the Ishimura uh, sections that you never even explored before that they've added to it, fucking awesome. Uh, so that is a true upgrade. And it seems like the whole for modern audiences thing isn't really for modern audiences. It seems to me like it's more for modern machinery, modern capabilities. And just a thought, but devs, you need to stop saying for modern audiences if that's what you actually mean. 
makes me a little more hopeful for any upgrade, any more further upgrades that EA does in the future. Uh, EA, I have an entire idea on how to fix the Dead Space universe. So if you want to continue with Dead Space 2 and move beyond that, you need to talk to me. <laughs> um, and maybe I can get that written down and submit it to him. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, who knows? Never know. Never know until you actually try, right? So, I mean, I've actually written out quite a bit of my uh, ODST game idea. So, yeah. listeners, in case you're you're curious, a lot of us in in the GOH are starting to write down our ideas because we're tired of seeing shit being made, and we're going to start writing our own stuff and see if it actually can go anywhere. And no, it's not terrible fan fiction because all of us are fans of the shit we're writing of, but we know what we're writing about. We're not just sitting there going, oh, I want to see this person in a relationship with this person. No, we're actually writing down shit based off of the real universes that we uh, that we're fans of. So. uh, Next up, uh, Legend of Vox Machina. Their season two dropped. It is absolutely great. Very funny to watch. Extremely entertaining. If you're a fan of the show. Or the the original critical role stuff yes it doesn't follow the campaign uh just like the first one doesn't follow the campaign they do try to condense, condense a lot into this season um and there's some stuff that they make changes some of our creative changes some of our based off of changes just to move the story faster um there are some things i liked some things i didn't really like i appreciated the original campaign in some ways more than uh, what they had in the show but there are some things that i really did enjoy and uh if you're just a fan of the cartoons and that's all you know from vox machina i think you're gonna have a lot here to enjoy i think you're gonna really really like it and it's gonna be something that you're looking forward to the next season for yeah speaking as somebody who's never watched critical role but is watching through vox machina i'm enjoying it very much yeah like almost to the point where i'd go back and watch uh the actual critical role. Yeah. But I, I kind of have some beef with that series. I'll explain it later. It's not a, it does it more have to do with geek and sundry. Uh, no, it just has more to do with the fact of, uh, everybody expects their DM to be Matt Mercer. It's impossible to be Matt Mercer, right? It's impossible but, for anybody. Like that's the, if you go like, so I will put this out. If you go into a D and D campaign and your first expectation is that your DM is going to be like Matt Mercer, you need to stop playing now. Yeah, because when we rolled our characters for the campaign that we're going to be starting this summer, yeah. that was literally the first words out of my mouth is I'm not Matt Mercer. And if you're expecting that, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, none of us. None, yeah, none of us are expecting that. Right. But think. I'm talking about like I, I talk with a lot of people on like other D&D boards oh, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, if anybody says that I'm playing this because I watch Critical Role, that's almost a automatic eject for my table yeah we were really like we started getting interested in D because of uh, originally because of or getting back i should say getting back into playing tabletop games in general uh because before that we played loach and i used to play uh, uh after the bomb with which is a tmt or tmnt uh roll t- or tabletop but we started getting back into that or thinking about getting back to it because of stranger things because we we're like oh man like we used to have great times playing those kind of games it'd be really cool to get back into that and then I think for, for Miles and I, Critical Role really re-emboldened that like, oh man, it used to be so much fun playing these kind of games. We should really think about asking Josiah if he'd, if he'd like to get into it because we knew you DM'd before. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing is like Miles and I immediately said like when we, when we talked about it ourselves, we're like, you cannot expect anyone to be like that ever. To be Matt Mercer, to be, uh, I, think it's, uh, I think his name's Dave on uh, 
NPC D&D, there's, there's just no way. Like, uh, you can't expect somebody to be on point and be a character, essentially, every fucking time. The guy's a professional voice actor. It's fucking insane. Like, of course he's going to be acting this way. Of course he's going to be this way. He's, he's, that's his job. On top of that, Matt Mercer is also a writer. So it's one of those things like you can't expect somebody to be a storyteller the entire time that they're playing. Right. And I just, I feel bad for, he's doing such like, a good job my, that Miles I, and I, yeah, Miles and I can play, like I can play characters. Yeah. I'll enjoy the hell out of that. I'll enjoy the hell out of the jokes that we come up with. But the thing is, is that we're, we're not going to expect our DM to be able to buy it, to, to build in that because that would be fucking insane. Right. But that's what I was trying to say is like, yeah. he's doing such a good job. It just makes it harder for every other DM. out. Oh yeah. There. I've seen, I've seen some, I, I've actually, there's another channel that I follow that I watch. I listen to horror stories from, uh, from DMS and a lot of them have to do with Matt Mercer. And they're like, God damn, like he's awesome. At the same time, they're like, they fucking hate him because he ruins everyone else's expectations of getting into D and D because they expect everyone to be fucking Matt Mercer. That's insane. Yeah, like I, I knew you guys know better, but yeah. like, it's the it's the equivalent of like somebody going into an RPG and expecting all our all RPGs to measure up to one RPG that you played. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> like you could sit there and complain about it and say, yeah, it's not as good. Fine, but you're talking about human beings here. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to get one that's going to be the same as the next. Uh, moving on to uh, anime, and I'm going to try and hit these really quickly on what my recommendations are. I uh, watched The Fruit of Evolution. Uh, before, this is a long title again. The, this is why our listeners, this is why our titles are this long, by the way. So listen to the length of this title and realize that that's why all of our titles for our podcast are going in, the, in this direction. The Fruit of Evolution. Before I knew it, my life was made. That is the name of a show for an anime. Uh, it's very funny. It's a comedy. Uh, it's also a. Uh, you know, it's another character that gets transported to another world. Only in this case, it's his entire school that gets transported to another world and he gets separated from them and has a very different experience from the rest of uh, what their experiences are. Uh, and it's better for it. It's got funny characters. It's got the usual like, you know, oh, this guy's going to end up with a harem without even trying kind of deal. It's funny. It's very good. Trust me. If you enjoy those kind of, if you, if you enjoy the, you know, got transported to another world, but you enjoy comedy, this is one of them. Uh, not, not nearly as good as uh, Kunosoba, but I don't think anything can match up to that. Yeah, I, I'm sad that shows. I don't know if they're on hiatus or if it's over. I hope it's just on hiatus. I haven't heard anything either way. Because so. it's been great. <laughs> Fireball! <laughs> no explosion that's what yeah. explosion fucking explosion magic is my favorite thing ever uh i did that several times while playing harry potter already <laughs> yep with bombarda just explosion <laughs> <laughs> it's the best kind of magic and i'm not in disagreement with that now uh next anime and you thought there were <laughs> it's another comedy uh and you thought there is never a girl online. Uh, it is, it's about a guy. So listeners, this one's funny because it's about a guy who plays a MMORPG online with his friends and uh, his party is made up of his party unknowingly at for uh, unknowingly is made up of entirely women. He doesn't know this when he starts out. 
Uh, but he had a bad experience previously with another, with an, with a former guild that he was a part of. And the person that he had affection for online tells him that, Oh, I'm actually a guy. And this ruins his entire perception online. It fucking sends him into to a, like a depression spiral spiral. He ends up playing the game by himself for a long time. And then finally ends up, you know, coming to terms of like, you know what? It's, it's just an online game. I need to separate this from real life and realize that these people are just people playing a game. Like I'm trying to play a game. So he decides to go through life like that. And there's a girl in his party that constantly asks him to marry her. Uh, and he, he decides, okay, yeah, we'll do it in the game because in his, in his appointment in, in his opinion, like, Oh, it gives us extra benefits for certain things and it gives us boosts. So yeah, why not? We'll be a married couple in the game. And he finds out she's a real girl in real life. And she's a very attractive girl in real life. And she sees, she sees them as married in real life because she has a hard time separated the game from real life. Uh, it's a very funny, it's a very funny story. So, um, and I'm not giving major spoilers where listeners this happens in like the first 15 minutes of the first episode. Uh, but the rest of the season is actually really good. Um, highly recommend it. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about game or any, any anime on this one without recommending it. These are all recommendations. You're going to have to send me that list. So, uh, next one is, uh, welcome to demon school. Uh, Aruma Kun. Uh, so it is, uh, another one where a boy gets transported to another world, but it's a, it's a, it's an alternate dimension where they, where demons live. Um, his, his parents sell him to a demon and the demon comes and picks him up when he's like, it's basically like at the point of his death. It seems like, okay. I, I will also throw a recommendation on this. You told me about it a few weeks ago and I started watching it. Yeah. I, I'm up to episode three. It's hysterical. Yeah. It's very funny. Uh, the demon that bought him basically turns him into his grandson. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a human having to live in a demon's world in the, in the demon world where he's scared. He's essentially scared for his life because <laughs> he thinks they're going to, if they find out he's a human, they'll eat him. So. He's a little freaked out by that. Uh, it's very good. It's very funny. Uh, it's got some really good characters to it. Some good heart. Uh, I would say season season three kind of dips compared to seasons one and two. Uh, season three is currently airing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the way this uh, of of the story that's being told in season three, and it's mostly because it's focusing on one major event. It's the equivalent of think of it like uh, Harry Potter. And the Goblet of Fire. Uh, if the Goblet of Fire was the only focus for the entire, uh, the entirety of that book, like the events that take place in the Goblet of Fire, if that was all it was, was just Harry Potter doing these things hmm. instead okay. of instead of it having anything outside of that taking place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds kind of boring. Uh, it yeah, it gets kind of boring because you're just like, oh, I don't really care about the event, and I really like, I just kind of want to get this through. Is through like at first I thought it was just going to be a couple episodes, but so far it's taken up the entire season. Uh, I'm like, all right, well, uh, it's having a bit of a dip because of that, personally. Um, although it does, you know, it does still have some funny humor in it. Um, next one is uh, Beast Tamer. Beast Tamer is a fun adventure. It's kind of like uh, it starts out kind of like how uh, Banished from the Heroes Party kind of deal where a character was part of the hero's main quest party and gets kicked out. 
I uh, don't want to go too far beyond that, but uh, it's a it's got a a really good main character, and uh, the other characters that he comes comes into contact, it's the you know you're eventually going to end up with a harem for no reason, but <laughs> he's a good person, and uh, that's the main that's the main important thing. Uh, next one up is a comedy. It's a romantic comedy, uh, and this was actually it's amazingly done well. Uh, for a comedy that's more of like a teenage rom-com uh it's called more it's called more than a married couple but not lovers i kind of feel for the main character of this one because he's kind of put in a weird situation he has a huge crush on this girl that he's grown up with his, his entire you know when he was a child who he has wanted to get out of the friend zone for years has an opportunity and his they explain this in the in the show but it's fucking weird it's still weird even after you're done with the series of why this even exists but based in the lore of the game or the lore of the uh not the game the lore of the show basically the population's kind of kind of hurting in japan and in order for kids to get more into the reality of like hey you need to get used to married life and understand that this is kind of important to our culture and stuff like that they have schools do try like do testing trials where they have the kids be a married couple with a person in their school they're partnered up together and they have to get to you know get to understand like that there are differences and stuff like that learning to live with each other learning to help one another and stuff like that so they live with each other in a essentially an apartment complex that's part of the school <laughs> so they this have is their, a really weird concept it's a really weird concept <laughs> they have their own rooms but it's very odd it's it's a that's that's the weirdest part about it um however these uh during during this whole situation uh this guy gets partnered up with a girl who is you know the typical hot girl that is seen as like oh you know she's she's probably a slut and you know dresses you know scantily and stuff like that for their school and stuff like that but is he, he comes to find out she's actually a really nice person she's actually got a good personality she's a good person overall and she's not as well versed in the world as he thinks she is um or she comes off as. Uh, so he ends up developing feelings for the girl that he's living with, as well as still torn between, you know, his, his love interests. Who's this girl he grew up with, who also shares feelings for him, uh, that she has had feelings for him since they were little as well. And you feel bad for him. Cause you're like, God, dude, I don't know. I don't know how I'd choose this one. Uh, so it's based off of a serial that's that's still going out and still finishing up. So I don't expect the uh, anime to finish anytime soon. Although I do expect the uh, serial to probably end or have one of the typical two endings uh, where you can, as the listener or the, the reader, you can probably choose your, your, which, which one you want to go. You want him to end up with. They've done that on a couple of serials. I found out uh, with, especially with romantic comedies like that, where they can, the reader has the choice of like, I want him to end up with this character. So I'm going to read this version oh, yeah, of it. They just write two endings and yeah. So, so I fully expect that to be a thing for the serial. I don't know how it's going to go for the, for the show, but the show is entertaining. It's funny. Uh, it's got some awkward situations there where you're like, God damn, like, I don't know. Like that, this poor fucking, <laughs> this, this poor fucking schmuck. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, it's a satisfying show. Uh, the last one is Yuzuki Chin wants to hang out season two. Uh, it's a continuation, obviously, of the show. I recommended the first season. I'm recommending the second season. It's still very funny and still 
enjoyable to watch. I still don't understand the cat in the show <laughs> and why that even exists, but apparently it's a thing. So uh just go with it. Yeah. So those are my recommendations. Anything else, Josiah? Uh I haven't watched anything. I'm still waiting on uh more episodes of Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I forgot the that show uh it finished up. Or is it just in a break? I think it's just on a break. I hope so, because because I'm on episode 13 right now. Crunchyroll says that's all that's all there is right now. Yeah. And uh, if this is where the season ended, they picked a really weird spot. Yeah, it's a it's a strange place to to pause and wait for the rest of the story to continue. Yeah, and then uh, so I think season one of Spy X Family's done. Absolutely. Yeah, it's finished. And there's <laughs> that was a long season, right? <laughs> they actually managed to to put out a full season for that. And the uh, only other show I'm watching right now is uh, Bowfury season two, <laughs> and uh, they're doing you know one episode a week. So I'm like, all right, I'll yeah. give it a couple weeks that's so a, I can binge three or four. That's a rough one to to wait for. Personally, God, um, I was so like, I loved the first season so much, and then they dragged their feet getting a season two. And now I'm just like, come on, give me more, give me more, give me more. Yeah, Bo Fury is a, it's a great show. And it's just one of those days, like, you just want to see more of that, like, more of the characters. You're just like, I love Maple. She's so great. Uh, she's, she's, she's so unaware, like, unaware of how overpowered she is. It's hysterical. But, and they just keep throwing more and more insanely overpowered gear at her. Okay. Did you, so have you seen any of the season yet? I think I'm on C or uh, episode three. Okay. Do you, so you saw her take on the secret boss. Yeah. That, that no one encountered (laughs) that she randomly found. God, that was funny. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, yeah, that, that, that shows still one of my favorites. I usually don't recommend anything until I finish the season, but I, I would have to say, yeah, absolutely recommend Bo Fury regardless. I was going to say, if nothing else, uh, my recommendation is go watch season one. one. Yeah, definitely. Season two picks up right where season one leaves off, and yeah. it's it's a great show. Uh, I've been watching By Grace of the Gods. Uh, it's in the similar spot for me. Like, I want to know more. I want to see more. I, I'd rather binge that show, but it's either wait to get my fix or try and get my fix every every week when they finally release one yeah it's kind of funny because the wait for for more bow fury is kind of on the level of when we were waiting for more demon slayer yeah like i there's only been a couple shows where i'm like please dear god just give me just like the smallest crumb of information or just like drop me two episodes or something at least tell me the show is coming back it's like with uh <laughs> with Goblin Slayer. First season is like three or four Dude. years old now. Yeah. And every time up, oh, season two's still coming. Did you watch the mo- the movie? I might have. Uh it's forty the first forty five minutes is like a recap. So just skip that portion and then watch the last half. That's the actual yeah, I'll have to actual go feature. Check on that later tonight. But I, I just want more. It's a Doom guy, but he's fighting goblins instead of demons. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, listeners, thank you for listening to us. Really do appreciate it. Whether you're a Romulan or Vulcan, Sith or Jedi, we just want you listening to us. 
We, we don't care about your differences. Tell your friends about us. It's literally the only way we get around. We have no social media presence and we'd like to keep it that way. But if you like what you hear, if you hate what you hear, that's even better. Fucking yeah. Hate listen to us. Yes. Let's be the new Velma. <laughs> let's do that. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Keep on geeking on and we're out. See